Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Y'all a brew heads? Yeah, we brew heads. So pour a glass of craft beer. We can do this. Yeah. What's good, y'all? This is C-Certified Brewhead, and welcome to episode 158 of Beer Not Just the Podcast Adjunct Series. Ladies and gentlemen, we are taking it back to the motherland this evening. Uh, one thing that um, was always a favorite of mine back before we did all this stuff virtually, we, you know, I was going to Australia every year for, for, for a little while there. So I got to know the beer scene after discovering it here in Canada and going back home, and it was... Easily, I think I've said this a bunch. It's been one of my favorite things to watch because the growth is on a different trajectory than anything I'd ever seen. And I imagine as a mix of the internet and just, you know, things traveling faster and just seeing the first time I went and then the next time, I'm like, oh, wow, this is like leagues better and again and again. So it's super exciting and it's not something I get to get into too often. So, uh, I happen to happen to have some beers from my favorite brewery from Australia and uh, extended the offer. So I'm stoked to to get into some Aussie talking, particularly in this uh, you know in this economy in this crazy time that we're all living through, just to see the parallels between you know the states and Canada and so on and so forth. And um, yeah, man, I'm stoked for it, folks. Please welcome Chris Farmer of Banks Brewery. <laughs> welcome back, sir. It's been a minute. Yes, nice to see you, see. Likewise, brother. Um, dude, thank you so much for hanging out. Uh, we were just yapping off air there a little bit, but a friend of my parents, uh, Dave, shout out to Dave, he went by and uh, you gifted him some beers for him to bring to me. He came, I think it was May last year, and uh, fuck, that was a treat. It was so dope to get your freshest stuff. There were things that were canned like a week before, um, which is ridiculous it was and he was already in the states like around for a bit so it was very cool man so i appreciate that it was really cool to get to taste where you're at so it gives me a bit more of a benchmark to you know to, to chat about all the things you've been doing since the last time you were on which i think we said was probably sometime in 2020 if i'm not mistaken yeah yeah yep yeah many moons ago many moons ago but uh you know it, it, what I learned back, I didn't say, I forgot to tell you this off air. What I learned was from the, I, I had a couple of Aussie, I had you and I think I had uh, Derek from Bad Shepherd on. What I realized was it was hella weird to be having a brewery on the pod and not drink that brewery's beer. That was part of the, I was like, oh, this is what you have to do. Okay. Otherwise it's like just strange. Why am I drinking something else? We're here to talk about you, right? So yeah. What I did for this pod, and that's why I reached out to you, I kept putting off drinking these beers, and I think this is probably why, because I did w- want to do this. Um, I'm horrendous with triple IPAs. I just let them shit sit. I don't know why. I just, I f- like it's like the type of beer you'd have one beer in a night, and that's kind of the beer, or you'd share it. And um, I just kind of let them sit. So I have a triple IPA tonight, which we're going to see how it goes. So that one was canned May 1st, you're saying? Yes. Yeah, it might now be a barley wine. Who knows? <laughs> we're going to find out. So I did – actually, the other thing I was telling you on text, I had um, – I did – I had like five or six triples that were just sitting in the fridge forever. And some of them were like 16 to 18 months old. So I was like, all right, I think I had some like family over and I was like, let me just bust these out. We can all just – sample some and they held up surprisingly well so i i have uh have faith because this would be oh. i think seven months is that right may till now seven ish seven to eight june yeah, july august September, yeah. october november december seven and a half 
So uh, yeah. this one was for your seventh birthday last year. 60% of the time, it works every time. Great name, by the way. <laughs> Ridiculous. Yeah. You got Anchorman fans? Right. It's for what? Anchorman. Anchorman. That's why I knew it. I forgot all your shit's from yeah. movies. Yes, yes, yes. That's amazing. Uh, um, most of it. Yeah. Most of it? Yeah. Nothing um, original. <laughs> never who needs originality no idea is yeah. original and there's 10.3 and it's got citra citra cryo and idaho 7 which uh classic from memory we're both big fans of idaho 7 that was something we talked about right yeah yeah i like it it doesn't get used that much these days i feel okay. like it kind of had its time in the sun and now it's but yeah no i like idaho 7 when used well Yep, gets fronted on definitely a little bit. So obviously it's uh, like the early afternoon there. So, uh, you know, you can't be uh, putting a 10.3% on down your throat. Yeah. How do you feel about this color off first uh, look? I'm going to get the yeast in, but. Looks like okay. there shouldn't be much yeast in there. It's, you know, everything gets huge these days, but there'll be okay. something settling. Um, Cock's all right. It doesn't look too oxidized or anything like that. No, it smells good. Like it's not, it probably was brighter. But I'm um, just trying yeah. to get it all in. Um, tell us about this beer, man, while I take a quick photo of it. Um, what's the deal? So it was one of the special uh, anniversary brews? Yeah, so we try. We don't do triple IPAs overly often. Um, they're becoming harder and harder as a sell here. So yeah. it seems that, that ABV scares the majority of the consumer. But um, we do try and do one a year, uh, and they do go really well. So okay. it's pretty much a pretty much a walk in the park for us to do one at a, as a birthday beer. Um, but yeah, they've all been super popular. We pretty much won't do we pretty much won't do an IPA uh, without Citra, especially a trip. Um, right. You know, it's just the salt. It's the it's the pepper. It's it's the garlic. <laughs> it's, the, it's the good garlic. I'm saying it's you know, it's something that you need in in all your meals. Uh, Absolutely. And all your beers, so. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I'm trying to. I'm actually just looking at the recipe right now. Um, yeah, there's got Citra Incognito in that too, which is something that we play around with, especially on the the bigger ABV beers, uh, which mm -hmm. is a liquid form. It's a liquid. Um, but yeah, which we use sometimes by the amount we've used yeah. here. I'd say we used it on the hot side um, in the whirlpool. We we do also occasionally dry hop with it. Um, it's not made to be a product that is you know supposed to be used cold side but a lot of breweries do do get good results using it on the cold side as well so um but yeah on this one it looks like we use it on the hot side so yeah plenty of citra probably about 15 percent idaho just to you know just to give it a little bit something extra and uh pretty much all australian malt on that one and yeah just a you know pretty atypical Hazy triple IPA, really. I'm assuming it's still pretty, pretty juicy and tropical, and you know, citrusy, maybe a little, little dank. Dankness. Yep, yep. Just was yeah. about to say, getting the dankness. This, this is what I was saying though. I just feel like by nature, because they end up being a little green. Was it green to begin with? Yeah, they can have a bit, bit, uh, yeah, a bit of bite, yep. a little green. Yeah. Mm. I found that. I don't know about you. Would know more about this than me, but I found that the beers that have that always last way longer like we did a do you remember we the collab that i brought you in 2018 the um the one with our yeah. face on it right that yeah, beer yeah. was so yeah. fucking bitey and yeah. that beer you could drink it 
I had I had a friend who didn't know anything about beer, and she said she drank it at like eighteen months, and they said it was good. Yeah. Now they didn't know about beer, but I think up to that, we did a second one. Was my point? This one, the yellow one here, and that was good up to like six months. We did that, and yeah. it just hit probably six seven months now. And I had a can the other week, my last one, yeah. and it was like fine, but it was there was still pretty burny. The second version was still pretty, not as bad as the first one, but the second one, so I was like, all right, well. You know, sometimes they can just keep going and it just gets yeah, yeah. better and better until it just finally peaks and then slowly drops. Yeah, the bigger beers definitely, you know, they've definitely got a lot more lifespan. We also are very, very firm believers that lactose also is a, not that we use it in, you know, as many IPAs as, as we use. No, there's none in that. No. Um, as many IPAs as we used to, but I think lactose is a, like quite a big preservative in a way. Like it just seems mm. like any, any beer we put that in, it tastes fresher for a hell of a lot longer. Interesting. So why just some of those cows. <laughs> Mate, the cows know. Listen to the cows. <laughs> the uh, the lack that reminded me. If I, I, I've been like, tell me if I'm uh, out of line by taking somewhat mild credit for this, but I remember I brought you a can of, I think it was called O dot 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 dream from other half. And that was an O cream IPA. And then you did the first I, uh, uh, O cream IPA in Australia. And then it became a style because you did it first after trying that beer. Is that facts or am I misremembering? Um, we, we, I'm not 100% sure if we were the first. I think we were one of the first to do it in Australia. Oh, no, mm. we were definitely one of the first. I, I don't know if I want to claim we were the first or not. We'll just say yes for this podcast. Okay. <laughs> but um, we, but we, the funny thing was we were making, I've probably said this on here before, um, making oat cream IPAs before we even knew what oat cream IPAs were. We just... I just started building IPA recipes years ago and okay. started and started like playing around with like we were making milk stouts and stuff like that and then mm-hmm. and this was even like just at home and then I started going oh it's, I wonder what that mouthfeel and sweetness would be like in an IPA so we put it in our very first like which we just called a New England IPA at the time which was uh, Wheeze the Juice yes. and then and then we found out what oat cream IPAs were. And then, and then, yeah, we had a couple. Other half, other half were the main ones. We, I think we they had, started. I'd had a, yeah, I'd had a couple in the states that I'd tried, um, and then you know wanted to sort of keep trying to work on them and be kind of like that. But also, um, Mr. West brought in a bunch, and then around a similar time, yeah, you brought one in, and I think that's all culminated. And I was like, hang on a minute, we, like no one here is is doing this. Mm. And even the ones that were when we were do, when they were doing it, they were it was pe- like people were really sort of doing oat cream like well they were doing milkshake IPAs. They were adding fruit and they were adding this and that. It wasn't it wasn't just using the lactose and like pulling the shit out of it, which hey it works. Um, so we started doing that as a bit of like a, a thing, and then yeah, they've gone really well. Like we just released one yesterday, uh, which was a collab with One Drop. We don't do them as much as we used to do them, mm-hmm. um, but but we do. Yeah, we still do. You know, maybe one every, uh, maybe two or three months, roughly. I don't care about yeah, and they always, you know, they're always very popular. So yeah, hell yeah. You know what? You're right about. I totally forgot the Weezer Juice because that was the one when we did the first pod in 2018 at the brewery. And that was the one I was super stoked for because that was the trip I was like getting to, getting to try. Like the first trip, there was basically no haze in 2016. So 2018, yeah. I was like, all right, I'm ready. And um, yeah. I remember, and then you did it again and you uh, 
shipped a little cheeky box over for a batch. You were like, oh, this is better. And it was <laughs> it was ramped up again. And I totally forgot that it did have lactose in it. Yes. But like yeah, a pinch. It was yeah. like it was it was pretty subtle. Yeah, it was reasonably subtle. We, you know, unless we we do kind of go, we want the lactose to be there but not be and that's one of the things that I think I think other half do pretty well. Oh, I haven't had another half beer in a long time. But um that they did very well was it just, you know, accompanied the beer. It wasn't like you don't drink it and go, Man, this is sweet. You just like it, man, this is luscious and yep. full and rounded and juicy and it just worked with what they were doing. So yeah. yeah. That's what we always try to do with lactose, but the lactose on that was probably yeah, a little a little lighter than, than some of the heavier ones we've done. Mm. Okay, that makes sense. Yes, uh now I'm based out here, so other half is like an hour from me, which is crazy because it's right in Buffalo and Buffalo's le- it's closer for me to drive to Buffalo than it is to drive to Toronto from uh right. from where we're at now. So like other half is everywhere there because they've got they got yeah. the Buffalo Tap Room, they got the Finger Lakes one in just outside of Rochester, and then there's eight trillion of them around the you know Philly and DC and like Rockefeller yeah. Center and blah blah blah. So they seem yeah, to yeah. just be prevalent. It's gone nuts. It's Chicago, I think now too. So they went wow. they went heavy, but yeah, it doesn't matter where you go there, you you get it. So I I feel like I don't recall seeing specifically. Um, but I, I know cream that they're doing, but I feel like maybe it just depends when I go whether they happen to have one on or. What's what's floating around? Oh, they're not doing. Not as like not doing it as much. Not that I saw. Every time I've been, I didn't like. I always try to get something I haven't had before, just because I I don't go there all the time. Like it's not crazy often, so I try to get some new stuff. But I hadn't seen particular. Like I don't. Maybe they might on the board. They might have one on or something like that. But like you'd think they would have a bunch. uh, You know, it was at at that time back in like 2018. I felt like they were like. They always had lactose stuff on. Yeah, like it was almost like definitely. every other hazy IPA had lactose in it, type of thing. At least that's yeah. how it felt. Yeah, so, yeah, definitely. Um, it was the same here for so long. We were like, we have to have two or three oat cream IPAs on the board or available. Wow. We do one. We do one or like every month because it's kind of. I think because we were one of the first doing it, we kind of built a name for it, and now so people go, oh, we, we need some more oat cream IPAs," and like that was the whole cake eater series for us, and then the feels and. Which we do still do, but not as regularly as well. And okay, which works well because when we do do them, you know, people really jump for them. So interesting. So cake eater that I don't think I ever got to try one of those from memory, but I had some mates who was like always telling me about how that that's like his fave, like that's the one. Is that yeah. one of like the like is that the most popular one that you would the series? From what I can tell from a distance online, it seems like people lose their minds for for that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's been Sick. that's been our most like we've done a bunch of series beers, um, and we you know we're still working on some now. But that's you know that's the one that no matter when we do it, it always goes well. Slaps. We've always jumped for it. It's always really good. Um, it's just a really, a really good simple base recipe for a for a beer like that. But and just really letting the hops do their thing. But no, nah, they've been incredibly popular. Last year for Gabs, we were like after what our like what our sort of catch was going to be and we were like let's just really lean into cake eater so we had a cake eater stall and we were like i think we had five five different or four different versions of of, of cake eaters a couple of we got people to vote, vote on their old favorites and then did two new ones and did a triple as well and yeah it went really well that's great man i love that yeah. it's cool to watch from afar and to see all the the things you guys are doing and you've had a bunch of changes since the last time we spoke on here um the main one is the a minor adjustment to the name so 
was Mr. Banks as I got the uh, the OG merch. Um, and then now you just cut the Mr., which obviously was, well, not obviously, but if people know, it was named after your dog. Um, what's What was the thinking behind that? Were people just calling you Banks? You're like, this is just being, this is just complicated? That that definitely came into it. Um, yeah, a lot of people, you know, just always referred to us as Banks. Uh, so they're like simplifying it. Um, we all referred to it as Banks. Um, the, I think for me personally, I'd been kind of advocating to drop the mister for a long time. I always just thought like Banks was stronger. It's actually a name that I originally, when I like put it to, you know, I say <laughs> the team, the team then was my wife and family and friends. So <laughs> what I said to them, I was like, oh, what do we call the ba- brewery Banks? And no one really jumped at it. And then, you know, I came back to them and they said, Mr. Banks. And everyone was like, oh, yeah, that's really cool. It's like, you know, it's like Mary Poppins and it's like this and that. So yeah. we sort of went, went with that for the time. And that worked really well. Um, I think it was really good for us as a start when we were trying to find ourselves and find who we were as a brewery. Um, it was pretty approachable, like the name, you know, it doesn't, it's not, it's not too cool that it, it's too cool for the older generation and it's not, it's not too, you know, the other way either. So, um, yeah, it, I think, it, I think it did what it, what it needed to do for us, but it just felt like the right move to sort of simplify it, streamline it. We, we don't, like to play on it a bit like in you know a major sense but also you know not sort of being male dominated and you know that sort of way it's not mm. it's not something that we really have an opinion on here or there but just we we wanted to be more appealing to everyone so that you know some people you know maybe are a bit funny about that sort of stuff and you know so yeah, yeah. just yeah yeah just wanted to sort of level it up and then and then the whole thing I think the big kicker that got it over the line for me with the rest of the staff, because I was mainly the guys in the office and stuff, we talk about that sort of stuff all the time. But the main one for me was when we got the um, McConaughey uh, cease and desist for McConaughey's. So that kick that kick started the whole conversation again. And then I had said we were not going to rebrand our can and all we were going to change was the name of the beer. I was like, it doesn't, it doesn't sit well with me. Like I, they, they cost a lot to make the cans. I can't just literally be changing one word on the bottom and spending five grand to get a new can made. So I, I, I advocated pretty strongly for us to go, all right, now is the time, you know, this reason, this reason, this reason. And then in the end, I just went, you know what? Uh, I'm the boss. We're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best reason. Nah. But everyone came around and everyone agreed in the end and, you know, it looked stronger and, and we're still doing little tweaks. We've got a little tweak to some of the cans and, and the core beer cans coming up sometime in the next, um, sometime over the next 12 months, every can will progressively change a little bit. It's just something that we've always done as a brand. Just, you know, try and not be, not be too stagnant in, in one area, whether that be, I know branding is a big thing and be strong, but I think, yeah, I think, you know, if you do it the right way, you can, you can make those changes and, and still, you know, still show who you are and, and what you do, um, but still evolve. So, love that, dude. No, for real. And I guess that's time. That's perfect. That's a great explanation. And then that timed in that sort of like leaned into the um, like a rebranding as far as the look and feel as well. So I, yeah. like, there's like a like people are watching the video like behind you there. You got the the good times uh, can, and it's kind of like a seventies. This is kind of like the the beer I'm drinking now is kind of like that. Um, uh-huh. 
this one that I, I keep on the the shelf here, um, the relax. I'm a regular here because I like well, I want to represent for you, but also it's the cans are taller here. Like you guys have actually have full real pints, like 500 mil yeah. here. It's 473, so it's always like funny because it's standing above the rest. But is this representative of the older, and then this is maybe more the newer? I don't think the the rebrand as such. Oh, this is Mister Banks. Yeah. So okay, I don't think so the, rebrand, the rebrand as such has played a big part in the limiteds. And that's one of the okay. things that we've sort of done is with the limited releases, we're still like, okay, let's have the freedom and the fun to do to do virtually whatever we want. Gotcha. Um, like we've got some beers coming out that'll come out next month that are <laughs> like a couple of our guys here are you know, big NBA fans. So we've got a Pacific IPA and an Atlantic IPA. And uh, one one is you know using Lakers colors and one's using Celtics colors. So gotcha. we're just sort of like let's just do what we like, what you know, what make what's fun, what we think people it's going to resonate with people, um, you know, and stuff like that. That sixty percent of the time, uh, I think we phoned that one in a little bit. We were a bit late, and we just <laughs> I don't it's know. Cool. It's not one of it's not one of our favorite can designs, but it's fine. Um, like but it. yeah, so but with the core range. Cans. Our idea was to be vastly different to what we had originally. Um, be something that was like bold and like bold and in your face, so you're not trying to. That was one of the other things with our old cans. We thought you really had to look at the can to like see who it was, read what the beer was, etc. So we really wanted to be something that really popped on a shelf. Didn't look like. You know, it's been a very big thing here in Australia to have a two-tone can where it's, you know, might be white and then a blue band at the bottom. or like bolts or whatever. Exactly, yeah. Okay. A lot of people, and Bolter crushed it. They did so well. Like yeah, that, clean. Their, brand, their branding is fantastic. I like if, if they didn't have that already and it was outside of the beer industry and someone else did it, I would have 100% stole that idea. So... <laughs> <laughs> They absolutely killed it and it's still so good to this day. Um, they're like, yeah, their marketing is incredible. So, but the whole thing for us was, okay, we're going to add a couple of colors. We really like stripes, um, but used a little bit, you know, uniquely for Australian beer that hadn't been, really been done that well. Okay. Um, and then something, our big thing was, you know what, let's, I, one of the brands was Santa Cruz, we said. You know, and I think the biggest thing about Santa Cruz for me is like it's been generational, like how long that brand's been around. Um, and, you know, it's ridiculous. My kids, like all the kids at school now, they're all wearing Santa Cruz. Like I remember I was wearing Santa Cruz when I was, you know, when I was 12. So it's been so such a big brand that stayed relevant for so long. And I think one of the biggest things is like for us, we're like let's go with retro dated branding so it's already dated <laughs> like right. it's not gonna it's not gonna go out of fashion because it kind of already is but it, that's why it's cool hmm. that's smart i never thought of it like that like it kind of uh, if you do it too well, now yeah. it's got a, it's a bit of really yeah it was it really smart or really dumb so i feel it out <laughs> well I, I think it looks it looks clean uh i feel like that there's a, a huge consistency for the the beers that uh, i don't know if you recall because it was a while ago but i know i tried the i think it was called foam the pills which was like yep. uh very similar to that good times behind you there um yep. jesus christ i don't that was the main one i remember do you do you have any i could find it on my instagram actually but uh, i'm not sure i can't remember what i sent you i don't i don't that probably would have been one of the only core beers that i sent you 
There um, was, but yeah, yeah. It's, all, it's all very consistent in what it looks like, and it's just yeah, just changing up of colors and yeah, obviously the main name and stuff like that. But yeah, it was something that you can recognize that's us, and then that really pops on the shelf. And it does like there's you know the shopping center I go to to do our like our groceries. If I it's I can see it in the bottle shop across the road as I walk past, and it just mm-hmm. it doesn't look like all the other cans. So it's definitely done what you know we want it to do. Um, gotcha. Yeah, so you know, and I'd I'd like to say it's probably going to be our last rebrand because they're they're pretty yeah. expensive exercise. Yeah, but um, but who knows? Because as I said before, you know, we we don't want to be sort of stagnant and want to keep evolving and yeah, and being relevant and and that's the hardest thing I think that in the industry today is like staying relevant because sure. everyone wants the, everyone wants the new cool brewery, but you know we're coming on eight years now, so we're we're like. We're old. Have you noticed that? Has any? Because I'm this really interesting point. Because I've noticed some of the le- like the more like say Bellwoods out here, which I'm pretty sure you're familiar with. They yep. were like the hypest of hype, and they opened yep. in 2012. They are now like in the the LCBO, which is like the government run liquor stores out mm-hmm. here. Like they're out there. They're doing mad distro. They're sort of like, I guess the probably the best word because they graduated to a. Um, sort of not quite legacy brand because it's only like what's that like 12 years this year but like they were the ones that everyone lined up for and now you can get their stuff kind of everywhere so like has anything i mean maybe because they're eight years it's not quite that i feel like they started changing around maybe nine or ten ish maybe but i guess every brand is different like have you noticed a uh, an organic change in sort of the perception of you guys yet because you're still in my mind from over here um it's you guys are still like hype like the hype brewery in victoria if not the country i maybe don't have enough of a knowledge but yeah i i i just don't know it's weird i don't know if there is that much hype anymore um like well like just across in general there's i think i guess it's everywhere now like haze yeah, when haze was the hype thing. That's right. And like, what's the new hype thing? Because people have been trying to find it for years, and it's smoothies, know. pastries. No, I mean like they've they've been around for a while. Yeah, there's nothing new. Yeah. new. No, so I don't know. It's um, we like we're definitely still you know considered one of the popular brews, which is great. Um, or hype brews, sorry. Um, but. Yeah, I think the hype is just a hell of a lot less hype than what it used to be. Whether mm. those, you know, those those people are just like, all right, I'm done, and now they're, you know, just buying boxes of Bolter or whatever. That's you know, nothing wrong with that. I was on holiday earlier in the year, and you know, I had plenty of options, and I bought a box of Bolter. Like, it's, right. it's, it's just, you know, it's gonna, it's you know, it's well priced. It's always always fresh, um, and it's great beer. So. You know, I, there's some of those people who just went full circle um, and just want really crushable beer, which is, you know, it's. I think it's showing in in our sales definitely with, uh, you know, core beer sales definitely, definitely mm. coming back into into light over like, limited is still selling, but but nowhere at the rate they were. Um, but yeah, no, it's the hype thing is, I think just trying to yeah maintain or manage the hype is the hardest thing and. That's something that we're literally talking about every other week. Like, what mm. do we do, and 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 is it still there? And you know, 
because the mm. market also, oh, someone made a good point to me a while ago, like, you know, there was a whole two years there that like kids turning 18 didn't really, they didn't get the pub culture. They didn't get to go to the pub because of COVID. So they, you know, what, they're going to sit around and start drinking at home when a lot of them had never, I think you start personally, you either start drinking when you're like, I don't know, 15 to 16 in this country and sneaking it. But, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's the idea of, of being able to go out to a pub once you're 18 and have beers at a pub. And I think that's probably what continues, that's what continues, I think continues the drinking culture of, you know, going to the pub with your mates. And then, you know, you have ebbs and flows. Like we, you know, I can't even tell you the last time I went to the pub. <laughs> I've got two young kids and, you know, a lot going on. Yeah. i got a pub downstairs, but I don't <laughs> often drink for it. But, um, yeah, so I think, I don't know, I think it's, it's that too that we lost a lot of people that might coming into, into you know, trying to find what's new and, you know, not, not necessarily clicking with drinking um, mm. at the moment. But I think it'll come back. I think it's, you know, it's... It's fun. Like, yeah. it is good. Wine, wine's good. Gin's good. It's all good stuff. You're just going to, yeah. you know, in moderation and sensibly, of course. Absolutely. Of course. But, um, but yeah. Yeah. But, hmm. uh, yeah. I don't know what the hype is. We'll see. Okay. Interesting. You made a bunch of good points there. I'm going to, I'm going to have to think about that. Uh, I'll use that as well. The thing about them, the, the, cause the people always talk about Gen Z not drinking and I'm like, I just thought maybe they just, I don't know, just it just didn't translate with them, but that could be it, is that the, the, key, the key drinking years, particularly, you know, there was like essentially at least two years solid, maybe a bit longer, depending on where you were, that people couldn't do it or couldn't consistently do it. So then yeah. it, it takes that out, because I'm thinking back when I was 18, yeah, I was doing that stupid, you know, ridiculous things at parties at 15, 16, whatever, but then really as soon as i was 18 like the, the yo we're going to the club we're going to the bar whatever it is like you're just going out yeah. to, to go and yeah. do to go and do that so that's key that is genius um the other thing that you mentioned was as well the um the hype stuff do you find that so over here there's like certain cats that i follow online and I'm, they'll be like every even if they live in toronto they'll be at fucking like other half actually has kind of because they're just in their 10, 10th anniversary right now they're in the midst of all of that so like they're in the same echelon kind of thing as you as far as like an older or that sort of thing now so i feel like and because they've got so many locations the hype has gone down because it's so easy to get the stuff so like i know i see these people online they have you heard of fidens in albany new york no. so they're like they make the best haze in the world i, I is my Current, we went right. there over the summer and I was like, and I'd had some stuff before and I was like, okay, this is the fucking, this is the one. Um, dudes are there all the time. Dudes are in whatever, Treehouse. We went to Treehouse this summer as well for the first time. And I was like, I'd had a bunch before, but I'd never actually been there and been able to get it at a bit more of a scale. And I was like, I get it. Um, it's definitely it. So like, it's these certain individuals that like all they drink or they'll go and trade with people nonstop and spend obscene amounts of money going over the border to get things shipped from Monkish and North Park and all that type of stuff. Do you, does Australia or have you noticed that there's those types 
of people still that are like going to you, going to range, going to any of the other uh, hype breweries that I probably, I'm personally not aware of out there that are all they post are banks and range and blah, blah, blah. Like, does that exist there at that sort of level where people are chasing it? Yes, but I think the, like nothing sells out anymore is the problem. Like, okay. So it's not hard to I get, think, it's just they got to still nah, like. It's too, yeah, it's too accessible. Well, no, it's not it's too It's accessible and our population is too small. As far as the beer drinkers. The breweries have grown. Right. Yeah, all the breweries have grown too large that they're making, you know, okay. know, so much that it doesn't, it doesn't really, like you do not see, I can't think of a brewery that posted something and sold out in one day for the last, oh, maybe, maybe like a, maybe a, like a Christmas box or something that one of the breweries did that sold out really quickly, but like a single release is beers. They're not really selling out anymore. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe on day two or something like that, but it's not like you do not have to set your clock and be ready to go. Um, gotcha. Whereas there was, th- there was times where you did like, especially for us, there was a hundred percent and we do still, you know, we've got some beers that on day two, they're sold out um, or day three generally. And we also do that. We also hold more than, you know, than we'd, instead of letting it go out of wholesale. So kind of so it doesn't sell out because I don't, yeah, yeah hmm. life's busy. Yeah, I don't want people yeah. to have to you know, jump on their lunch break. Like it, it, it should be that you can jump on that night. It's released and grab something or the next morning is kind of our thinking. I think, you know, if you can get it, fresh is obviously key and, and selling out is a great marketing tool, but I think there's a difference between selling out on the day and selling out within the first couple because you could also find the same problem of, you know, annoying people. <laughs> they go to jump on at four o'clock on a Friday on their way home and the beer's sold out when it was released at midday and they're like, oh, stuff yeah. here, so I'm not, yeah, I'm going to go somewhere else. Yeah, that's a good point. And you guys have, well, when I say you guys, I guess I mean both banks and sort of Aussie breweries typically, you guys have a pretty decent um, distro footprint. Like I remember you either telling me or I saw you post about it, something like big shipments gone up to Queensland and sort of around the country, right? So there could be folks in Brizzy who uh, have access to fresh, which is probably the key word yeah. there, like, you know, weak old um, product. Yeah. yeah, 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 definitely. Like we, every, every release we have um, goes to every state in Australia except for the Northern Territory. Hmm. Um, wow. And like that will be within a week, generally within a week of us releasing it. So you don't, and that's another reason you don't have to jump on and buy a four pack because you can go to your bottle shop and buy a single can. Um, so that's definitely one of the things. So yeah, we, yeah, we've got, uh, what maybe like, yeah, five different distributors that just take the beer and sell it in, okay. in their respective states. So yeah, I think definitely accessibility, but that's, I think that's a good thing. To be honest, I think being no, able I think to do great. that, you know, yeah, not having to jump on by four. Because, like, to be honest with you, I would love to sell four packs out of our website, um, but <clears> like, it's a nightmare packing wise and stuff like that. So that's where we go. All right, cool. We're sending it. We're not going to. We can't allow you to do four packs. We do do mixed four packs, but we can't allow like you know single packing one. The amount of mistakes we'd make. Because <laughs> packing online orders and and human beings, it's not a uh, it's not an exact science. Yeah. So, um, but that, along with 
yeah, the fact that you know you can get it in most, you know, and the people that want to buy those singles are probably generally you know the, the sort of hype, you know, people searching the hypey products. That's anyway, me. So. Yeah, because I don't want four packs yeah. of anything really. Yeah, interesting. No, nah, no, nah, I get that completely. And it's not because it's not good. It's just like the the way that New England so much yeah so much and you want to try it all and there's like i feel like the i don't know i hadn't thought about this but it's just the way that new england's came about like the the thing was you wanted to always get that next one so if you're stuck with a four pack there's always going to be some that are you know you forget it in your fridge or they're kind of like oh it's shit it's been five weeks now it's kind of dying like i got to get some four packs recently um have you you know misorum in montreal yeah yeah they did a Christmas release. I had a made out back in Montreal who got them for me, like picked them up. But even when I had my cart open, I it went live at 6 p.m. And at 6.05, I forgot. And he texted me. He's like, oh, shit. And I went on. And by the time I checked out, there was a bunch of things in my cart that already had sold out. In, and I wow. was I was pretty quick on it. And I got to get four packs. And I've still got a couple left from the four packs. I was sort of thinking as you were talking about this, I'm like, oh, fuck, I got to get rid of them this weekend, don't I? They're going to be like way too old. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, it's just like sort yeah. of how the haze thing goes. Like you typically, that's why when, when we went to Fidens, they only sold, they sold singles. And it was, a, and wow. I thought it was like a scarcity thing because it was super, super hype. And they just opened uh, um, a tap room in Albany. So yeah, we went, yeah. the tap room had been open like a week by the time we went there. And beforehand, the right. can drops were like, you know, noon till 3 p.m. one day a week from this warehouse where they produced or whatever. So I thought it wow. was kind of that, but maybe they'll change that because I can understand from a business perspective. So obviously I, I get it totally. Like it's got to be annoying for you to be like, if you're trying to sell singles and trying to keep the fridge in some sense of order and you know, if I was owning a brewery, I would also sell them four packs, but I love that you mentioned that you do the mix four packs because it's sort of like, yeah. I'm never mad at that, but like, hell yeah, give me four. Might as well. If I'm going to come here to a brewery, I'm not going to buy one can. Like, Yeah, you know. so we do that. That's only online, on the online store. We do singles oh, okay. at the brewery. Oh, you do yeah. singles at we the brewery? Singles. Okay, word. Yeah, if anything. And that's one of the things that I think in America, like every time I add to the stats, I'm like, I reckon how many people, but well, we personally, like I'll go and buy from like a corner store down the road as well sometimes because you can buy a single. It's, it's generally a Pacifico or something like that, but mm-hmm. it's, um, it's, yeah, I, it's so strange that over there you have to buy a four pack. I hate it. And I, I understand it, but like it's, you know, as a especially consumer, when you're traveling. When, when you're traveling, traveling yeah, you like, don't have the room for it. No, you got to jump on a flight. So you got to throw three extra beers in the thing, or you know, just paying it forward to the next guy by leaving it in the bar, in the fridge at the uh, Airbnb or the or something <laughs> or like that. I mean, that, but that's yeah. not a cheap paying it forward. Like uh, no, by the time you add it up, we've been doing. Uh, we used to only do like longer trips, but now we're so close and we have a car. Like we don't have to like book it, and we just got. Did yeah. you? There's this thing called Nexus, which is like this card that lets you go through the fast lane on the border and on the on the, at the airport. So we just got that, and there's like a private. Wow. We haven't used it yet. You don't even need a passport to cross the border now. Like I just show them this card. Wow. And we just fucking go. And there's a private bridge now for Nexus holders, like this one that the ways won't take you to. You got to put it in specifically. So I haven't tried it, but I'm I'm amped for it. And doing these day trips, the last time I went, every I went to like three or four breweries, and everywhere only only had four packs. Even this firearm store that someone told me about, I was at Other Half in in Rochester, and I was like, I asked the dude, and I was like, 
they only did fours. I'm like, I just, I don't want it because I don't know what I could bring back without getting taxed. I don't want to pay the tax. So I even went to the yeah. store. The store only sold four packs and they gave me attitude when I asked them if they do singles. So I ended up having to find, a, I went to Trader Joe's and then just got a bunch of their Oktoberfest beers. This was in the fall, which was great. Yeah, right. I got some snacks. Yeah. I got the fuck TJ's yeah. right here. Loving it. Right and on. and grabbed. The, and they're the only place that had singles and then the last trip we did at it was like i had to i i did my research beforehand and found the spot in rochester and buffalo that had it but it was an effort and it, and it was oh. a very annoying because i didn't want to have to bring i want to bring i found that you could bring about a case or so back without any problems but i'm not trying to bring six different beers in a case like i'd love to get 24 yeah. different beers if possible and it was just like an ordeal to figure out how to do that and uh so i feel yeah. your pain it's it's not yeah. a it's not an optimal thing, but I, I really appreciate the mixed four pack. Even Burlington Beer Co. in Vermont does that. That was the first time I'd seen it, and they charge a premium, I believe, of two dollars to do that. So, like, it would be you say fourteen bucks for a four pack, and it'd be sixteen bucks if you wanted to do mix. I think that's fair because it yeah. takes your stuff. You know, it's a bit annoying for the brewery, but you know, it's like a convenience fee. I'm like fifty cents a can extra. Yeah. I like that. So it's cool that you at least do yeah, the singles. Yeah, and you're doing the singles for yeah. the brewery, so. Um, yeah. I saw, I found the, the beers that I had um, here. So it was Hop Hop Hooray, which was a seven. That was an oak cream. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. That one was fire. I had foam, the pills. This is good because I actually hadn't looked mm -hmm. at this for a while. Um, I had the, is that one? No. Here, uh, Vienna, fairly traditional. That was great. The oh, yeah. Vienna lager. Yeah. Um. Is this one? Yeah, follow the festoons, which was a Westie. Yes, yeah, that was dope. Because I remember having Westies yeah. with you at the brewery when Mum came down. I think that time, and you yeah. had a bunch of Westies. That was cool. That was before I even yeah. gave a shit about Westies personally. But um, yeah, I yeah, like follow that you the threw festoons that in. was really popular last year. That was um, yeah, we really enjoyed that. We've done a lot of beers since that are that are a similar format to that. That are Westies, okay. That one was killer, and yeah. the other one I'm seeing here secretly ripped the uh, 7.2 um, yep. haze. Haze out, yeah, yeah. Just oh look, I'm losing my mind here. Yeah, like that one was was super good. Was that one? I think that might have been about it. But yeah, man, they were just they were so impressive. It was really cool. So like as far as the products themselves so obviously like i was saying uh in the intro like every time i came and saw you in 2018 where we met and we did the pod at the brewery and then i came back in, in 2019 and we hung out and then with at the the um the gabs thing um and the difference even between those two years because the first year was when wheeze was your primary or only haze at the time and then in 2019 there was a whole bunch more and then over like the years since um and it improved and improved and just got crazier like the do you see that in the in the I, I imagine you're pretty uh critical of your stuff and you've sort of seen that and and driven that improvement yeah. and you know even if it's a series of one percent improvements yeah talk just talk about like the you know maybe the approach to the beer if that's changed at all in the different styles because i think it's interesting even all of that said as far as the improvement but also the fact that you're getting an old, an older brewery and you do want to appeal to everyone, not just the hype people, because they're a percentage of a percent, which would make yep. no business sense to only appeal to those seven people who do it. Um, yeah, man, curious about that. Yeah, no, it's always been a big thing for us is just constant improvement and, you know, tweaking of the beers to make it better. Um, yeah. we, 
yeah, they've definitely improved over the years. I think if you drank a beer of ours in the first three years, that probably tastes like mediocre homebrew um, <laughs> compared compared to now. But there were some good ones. But there probably would definitely be some bad ones. But um, yeah, no, it's something that we've just continuously worked on. Uh, big thing for us is obviously finding the right ingredients, um, mm-hmm. and then. And then tweaking processes as well, um, the way we go about things, uh, you know, our fermentation temperatures and, and just tank time. We, we've done a fairly up, big upgrade within uh, the last 18 months, roughly. Mm-hmm. We, the start of that upgrade was we bought a centrifuge. Um, nice. Which has been awesome. Probably like um, our favorite piece of equipment in the entire brewery. Um, we, I call it the wizard stick. It just, just, pol- just polishes beers and, and really, you know, just, just really fine tunes them. Um, right. Also helps, helps with shelf stability as well. Um, oh, and yield. And right? then, yeah, yield, yield is not something not that we necessarily bought it for and that we see great, great differences with, but it definitely, yeah, there's definitely better yield, but just like, you know, that you don't have to worry if there's, you know, particles getting into your beer or, you know, just can strip out, strip out things that you don't necessarily want in it. Yeah, um, it's a good point. There's a few little specks that. at the bottom here, but nothing crazy. Yeah. So that, what, what was that? This we, is first of, first of May. I don't know if you can, uh, can you kind of see that? Yeah. So that's the thing with, yeah, yeah. That's the thing yeah. with the, um, with the hazy beers. So with the centrifuge, like we can get, you know, we can get our clear beers. Crystal vibe, crystal. basically, through the fuge. But with the hazy beers and the fuge, it's sort of like it's a little bit counterintuitive of what you're trying to do because we're trying yeah. to keep keep the beer as hazy as possible, but strip out you know all the the nasty protein and, and mm. particles that you don't want. But you got to send it through the fuge fast, so that you know mm. the slower you go through the centrifuge, the clearer the beer gets. Huh. The faster you go, the faster you go through. The hazy there it stays. So we send it through to rip out all the particles and then go through. But then, you know, if you let the beer set for eight or nine months, then obviously hay is protein stuff in solution. So there's still chances that it can drop out over a long time. You probably wouldn't notice that for the first four months at all, like it just a gradually, maybe a slight bit. But Hmm. um, so yeah, the centrifuge was the start of the big upgrade, and then we something that we had been talking about for years and uh, last year decided to, uh, might have even been the start at the end of the year before, decided to pull the trigger on. We did a full brew house upgrade. Um, so we ripped out the old brewery, sold it off to a new upcoming distillery up in Queensland, um, ordered a custom-made one in uh, China, worked really close with the guys to, to really customise that system to be able to do some really cool things that, that a lot of other breweries can do, but that we'd never really had the ability to be able to do. Um, and yeah, we got that in in July. Um, and our timeline, I think, for the full swap over, I think we were a little optimistic. I think we were thinking four weeks from the day we ripped out the old brewery to the day we put down the first beers on the new system. Um, and that was, I think it blew out to nearly six and a half, seven. So. Was, so was, bad, but that means yeah, no new product for six and a half seven weeks. Nah. So we had we had 
basically filled tanks um, so that we could package once we got the packing line back in. Because we, we also redid all the floors, like got everything. Mm-hmm. We were like, okay, if we're doing this, we're just, you know. So the the red floors, right? Completely different. Right. Yeah, we redid that. Yep. So we got proper, you know, some really nice shiny floors in that uh yeah they've been they've been worth every cent and i think if we hadn't have done that at the time uh, we would have never done it and i also would have regretted it because it just you know we put this nice big new system on and it just looks it looks very impressive but um but i think that's the i think that's the biggest thing for us that you know it's the biggest investment we've ever spent but um and (laughs) some people could question our timing with the way that you know the economy is at the moment but we just thought you know it's as good a time to double down on you know our, our business and our product um and sort of really invest for for longevity um and you know to sort of show that we're hopefully not going anywhere and we're you know we're committed to improving our product um because uh, that was the biggest reason we've obviously it's increased our output massively but we of what we can produce um we're by no means at capacity but i think the the biggest thing is quality like with you know it's the beers that are coming out of that system in the last couple of months like we we started brewing on it in all late august um and the first few you know was dialing it in we're still sort of dialing in some of them the like our lagers and our clear beers um incredible Mm -hmm. um the best that easily the best that we've ever you know any of our sort of west coast ipas or or hobby pills or just our you know german style lagers core pails all that sort of stuff are tasting excellent um the hazy stuff is something that we're still sort of tweaking with um to get right where we want them but we've got some stuff in tank that we've been centrifuging this week that uh that's looking pretty impressive too which is so that's really exciting um and then even over the last couple of days, you know, we're implementing some of the things I was saying before that weren't, you know, one of the reasons that we custom built the brew house to be able to do some things that we haven't been able to do um, were mostly to do with like lager techniques. So, you know, step mashing, being able to do decoction and stuff like that. And we've got some beers in tank now that we've been, uh, that have had them. Um, we've had some step mash beers. We've started step mashing our core lager foam, uh, which is, I think, personally changed that beer massively. It's just taken it to another level. Um, and then we've got a, a pretty exciting beer for us. It's I'd like to call. I'd like to say it's the Brewer Hype, um, a double decocted Hellas, which is mm. going to come out in late Feb, which is tasting pretty awesome. So that's exciting. And then, uh, yeah, we, but we've even started, you know, we've sort of been talking about what ways, as, which kind of goes back to what we're saying, like a little bit about what we were saying before, like what is the new hype product? Mm. I, think, I think the new, like we have sort of settled on, we think the new hype product is quality and innovation mm. within the style. That's a so, good name. Like we, so we, we're actually implementing some sort of lager techniques and not that being lager yeast with ipas because you know we do that all the time um a lot of our west coast ipas are brewed with lager yeast mm. like like a lot mm. of brews these days um but actual like bashing techniques that are predominantly lager focused and lager driven and putting them into you know west coast ipas or like hazy ipas and stuff like that and just seeing you know what what sort of benefits that can give us to mouthfeel and and body and and you know and and Hay stability and stuff like that. So it's 
it's really cool to sort of see, and that's the way we're sort of say we're sort of looking at this next twelve months of of innovation within within the styles, but not you know not necessarily trying to come up with a new milkshake IPA or something like that. So I like that, bro. Quality is the new hype. Is a is a quote. That's beautiful. <laughs> I feel like, and there's something you touched on off air that maybe we could extrapolate on, and you kind of did touch on this earlier too. Was that that plays off this? The fact that over and tell me, tell me your thoughts. The over COVID, you know, that first year, 2020, was a crazy increase in sales for everybody, like to the point where it was like made everybody kind of tricked everyone to think, oh wow, this fucking you know things are, things are going. Then all of a sudden it kind of turned. Everyone got fat and broke, and we're like, all right, now I'm drinking seltzers or I'm drinking crispies and not spending as much, and more importantly, not willing to risk the money on one-offs, which is something you mentioned earlier that you got that you're seeing the market isn't doing as much anymore in in exchange for for reliability whether that is in in any style actually i think it appeals to all style and i feel like there's that's something to be said for core brands period whether that core brand is a haze some or even if it's a, not a core brand but like you bring it back four times a year because that means the recipe's tweaked, and that means you know he might be like, oh, the, this batch of this bad boy, you know, it's, it's the best one yet type of thing. And you know that you're going to spend that money, that we're also going to talk about what that money is in Australia because it's very different out here, um, on this product. And you know it's going to hit because people might not have that level of disposable income anymore to roll the dice. So curious to extrapolate on that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing that we're seeing here is, yeah, consumer confidence in a product. So, as you said, the the limited release program during COVID was crazy. Um, you know, I say that we don't want to have a beer that sells out on the first night that people you know can get the next day, so they're not annoyed. We did during COVID have many a beers that sold out within the first Nothing. hour, half an hour, all that sort of stuff. So. These That's days doesn't so happen. Wild. Half an yeah. hour. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> nuts. Um, but yeah, I think people just, you know, they were getting free money. A lot of people were getting free money during COVID. The government was, point. you know, shelling out coin, um, which is, you know, now the reason everyone's cooked. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, yeah, there was nothing else to do. You had nothing else to spend your money on. Everything was on hold. So, that was it was easy it was an easy decision it didn't matter if you were making a risk on a beer that may or may not be awesome because there was always going to be another one next week um from someone or probably from the brewery you bought from and you know it's essentially wasn't your money for a lot of people so uh, yeah you think that's why they were just like whatever just beer i think so like Hmm. especially for like i mean if you think about that for uh like a younger generation like i wasn't making that much money i wasn't getting that money when i was out of school yeah they're doing that without yeah. they're getting that without working so but who knows yeah. but um it's interesting yeah i think the fact that you know our core range stuff uh is doing better it's you know our a core 22 to 28 dollar four pack of of a consistent west coast or hazy ipa or a or a core sixteen dollar pale ale four pack, you know, people know what they're going to get, um, and that goes back to that 
quality is and your hype sort of thing is it's like you don't want to be wasting your money if you if things are tight and you've only got 50 bucks to spend on beer or on you know a luxury product whether that be beer you know face cream i don't know whatever it is then you want to know that it's something you're going to enjoy and and not you know crack on the couch on a friday after after a long week and go oh fuck this sucks yeah I just I just wasted the only fifty dollars I have and I'm not enjoying it. So mm. yeah, yeah, I've seen we've we've definitely seen an uptake in in you know some of our products um, that that people would have had before. Um, and yeah, I think I think that's going to continue this year. It makes sense, but that's also the reason that's one of the big things that we're we're massively focusing on putting the most work. We're putting the we're putting a lot of work into a lot of the beers, but we're trying to make those beers remain at the price point they're at, but be, be better, be even better. Yeah. So, yeah. That's dope. Yeah. Hence the quality is yeah. the new hype. Yeah. Yeah. I'm even, no, I imagine this is true for you too. I'm noticing, I started noticing this trend in my beer nerd friends. Like one of the, my friends is a close friends is like a, um, one of the main beer writers in Quebec, English one. And he, was always trying everything and now he lives three minutes from Masorum. So he drinks Masorum or he buys Peche Motel. And that's basically it. And he sort of that's what he does. He just completely like doesn't care about anything anymore. Cause he knows Masorum makes the hot the haze how he likes it, but they do the crispies phenomenal and they've got Lucas and they've got all the lagering tanks and stuff now, like all the sideways ones. Um yeah. and Peche is the greatest coffee stout ever. So you're like, yeah, what's a no brainer? So like I was like, oh interesting. That's weird. And I'm seeing that type of behavior more and more. And I'm even finding myself where I'm like, you know, we, we, in Vermont, we went to Montreal and Vermont over the summer. And I was like, oh, I grabbed a 12 pack of like Von Trapp, which has a mix of the, like the Kolsch, the Hellas, or the Vienna and something else, pills, I think. And I was like, yeah, sick. I've had them all before. But I was like, no, no, I want those in the fridge so I can just crack that. I went to Treehouse and got their pills in the two. So it's yeah. almost like, because you know that that's going to be quality you just don't want to even think about it i don't want to always have to take a photo or write a damn review i like doing it too but also sometimes you don't want to and i feel like that maybe it's sort of like in the uh what's the word like a fatigue a beer fatigue yeah. where you just sort of like all right man i spent four years chasing the newest haze and lining up and getting online to get bank shit before it sells out in 30 minutes like and then you're like you know what i'm just gonna grab their pills now because it's fucking yeah. great I don't have yeah. to think about it. It's reasonably priced and it's like this. Yeah. It makes sense though. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It's, yeah, it's, um, it's funny. It's kind of like people, a lot of people say you've gone full circle, but I, I don't know. I kind of, I kind of, I was just thinking about it as you were talking then I'm like, it's kind of falling back in love with beer because you love beer. The whole reason you got in, into beer and then you got on this massive journey of, Oh, I've got to try this. I've got to try that. But, end up going back to I just like really fucking good beer and that's why I started this um you know I started this journey of of trying beers and and doing that because I wanted to find the best new thing but sometimes the best new thing is the thing the thing you started with <laughs> like you know what oh yeah no definitely and we mostly started what did you start with when you first started drinking beer what do you remember yeah yeah uh well even if it was like, whack, but like craft beer, you mean, or like macro? Uh, probably macro first, and then maybe the earlier craft beers that you discovered. 
Yeah. So macro, I mean, when I was younger, my dad maybe gave me little sips here and there of VB, which mm-hmm. was, you know, classic. Didn't, didn't, didn't really love. Um, you got a VB there? Uh, ooh, Mate, we're fresh. The Dunlops. I'm never going to wear them. I just got them and I <laughs> spent an absurd amount of money getting mum to ship them over just to put them in a little fucking glass case. And I got the Mate, socks to match. Probably had to sell them in a couple of years. For That's what I was thinking. I got the Vegemite ones too. Dunlop volleys. How ugly are they? They're fucking ugly, yeah. dude. Yeah. They look crisper. Yeah. I just, and I got the VB cologne. That's the only cologne I rock is the VB cologne. Right. I, had, okay. I was trying to, you know, maybe as I got older, I wanted to be attached to my roots, even though I never liked yeah. VB. Sorry to interrupt. I yeah. just, when you said VB, I looked over. I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I think it was just like whatever we could get. I mean, it was stuff like VB and stuff like that because it's what our dad drank. And then I think the first beer, and then I liked Corona for a little bit, but, you know, I don't think I could afford it at the time. I reckon the first beer that when we really started drinking beer as kids, mm-hmm. or like when we turned 18, was like, was Han's Super Dry. Huh. Which was I forgot you know, about that one. I remember that. I mean, it, just, it tasted like nothing. <laughs> like, yeah. Really. What is it like three? Uh, or is that five uh, percent? No, no, no. It was a, it was a full strength beer. Okay. Yeah, I think it was like four point four point eight or something. But it just it just didn't taste like anything. So we'd have a six pack of that, and then we'd have a a, a big thing. We were uh, we were Southern Comfort and Lemonade was a big one when we were younger. <laughs> so. Southern Comfort and Lemonade. That's good. Yeah, yeah, it's a little summer. <laughs> but uh, it was that, and then I mean, the beer that the first beers that got me into craft was uh, probably like nearly everyone in Australia was Little Creatures Pale. Same, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, like the Pale? Yeah, yeah, Pale. You, when it was in the you, tall, like the big, the big 650s or whatever they were. Yeah. Even yeah. I was drinking them. Do you remember? They man, how yeah they were. Before I left, I left. I moved in 2010, and I lived in South Bank. And there was this like convenience store, mini supermarket thing, mini IGA, whatever, behind my crib. And there, they used to have it there. And I remember getting that pretty regularly. And thinking, oh man, it was so bitter. And I bet in hindsight now, it's like water. But at the time, with no palate, I remember just yeah. being like ripping my shit off. But like, wow, this is fascinating. Yeah, and it was yeah, like, you love that. Yeah, you love that business. Yeah, I reckon like my biggest, my greatest memory of that beer is we were get, I was getting ready for a wedding, and my now wife's uh, sister's partner at the time had four of those stubbies in the fridge. So me and him knocked back two of them before the wedding. Best wedding, <laughs> best, ever. best wedding I've ever been to. I reckon. <laughs> that was smart. Getting yeah, incredible. Yeah, it's so good. That's what I think when I think of when I think of little creatures pale. That's all I think of. That's so sick, good. Man. Is it still around? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all right. Is yeah, it? I, uh, I I'd be curious. I feel like that'd be funny. Like it, just, it, wouldn't, be, it, it wouldn't be as better. No, of way. course not. I, I'm sure it's probably like it was like the Aussie Sierra Nevada Pale Ale type of thing. Like it was the yeah. one that everybody. I was not. A, I didn't know what craft beer was. It was just like local and fun yeah. and, and close by. And I was like, I don't know. Let's try it. Type of thing. And, yeah, different. Yeah. 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 Um, sure. So there's that. And then I guess like, so you sort of proved, I guess, your own point as far as like coming full circle, except for craft. But then I imagine just like when I came over here, 
I went through when I did that the the selfie thing, the three sixty five. The oh. the LCBO near me had. Oh, I started off when we did it. I was like, okay, macro uh, garbage, whatever, Coors and Budweiser and Moosehead, and even though Moosehead's not macro, but whatever, all that stuff. And then the next logical step, because I didn't know really any other styles, were all the Euro lagers, so Tuborg and um, Fax and. Uh, Weinstefner and all the German stuff that at the time I thought was boring, but now I think is the most exciting, coolest thing in the world. And that, that to me is the real full circle because the beers that I love the most, like you mentioned the double decoction coming up but for the Hellas, which sounds incredible. And I, I genuinely am more excited for that than Haze right now. And it sounds like you are too. My other favorite brewery here called Godspeed. They do... Oh, you know them? Yeah. So they're, they're phenomenal. Yep. And they do all triple decoction mashes. They got a pitch line barrel from Pilsner or Kell. And they, they, they basically did like a, their version of Pilsner or Kell. So they're all their taps are Lucas. Like they do Lico pause and all that stuff. And like, there's nothing better in the world to me than that. And that to me is the equivalent of where we started, but in a more, ref- it's not really more refined, it's really what it became. This is two, three, four, five hundred year old technology, a Lucapore, I imagine. But yeah, it's in this new world version, coming back to pay tribute to that original stuff that we all drank when we didn't know what the hell we were drinking, which yeah, is definitely. that quality stuff, mm. which is fascinating, huh? It's cool to think yeah. about though. When you really think about, it. I mean, look, the haze is like still like my shit. That's what I drink more. But like the crispies, man. Like particularly if I'm going to go anywhere, do you have a Luca tap at the brewery? Yeah, we've got uh, we've got three <sighs> Lucas, and then, and then we got and then we've got a couple of other side pours, but they're not Luca brands. They're, I think, oh, think we in total got six side pours. Dude, I didn't know what yeah. the, was it like that when I came by 2018 yeah. or whatever it was. No, no, we got got ours. I think we bought ours during COVID with the idea that when we opened back up, we would roll them. Pump them out. Dude, that's so sick. They're awesome. So you just keeping Krispies on deck. Yeah, yeah. We've always got a bunch of lagers on now. Um, I, we had on our October party, I uh, I was, we don't do it all the time, but on our Oktoberfest party, I was doing some some full milk pours for people and stuff like that. Yeah, I love it. So good. Dude, just doing the shooters, doing the shooters, and you're just like, fucking, yeah. It's the best. One one plug that my uh, brewery owner, I won't say who it was, but I can still say this publicly just because I want to out him, but it's genius. He was like, he did this Mleco festival, and that was the weekend we went because we hadn't been to the brewery before to check it out. And he was like, we do Mleco's every day. You just call it a festival and people will come. I'm like, oh, that's genius. Like, <laughs> yeah. but it could be, maybe there's like a lack of, um, but I still think it was whilst that's, I understand the marketing side of it. It's like, um, it's cool because it's new for people. Like people aren't familiar with what that is. What do you mean a glass of foam for 450 or whatever? Like it makes, like it's still essentially by the time, if you let it sit, it damn near comes out to be at the very minimum half a glass of beer. Um, yeah. By the time it settles, but like it's just like it's it's the closest thing to a gimmick in that world, which isn't yeah. a gimmick in Czech and Prague or whatever. But yeah. like you know, everywhere else, it's like whoa, it's no different than a crazy hazy IPA or a milkshake or a pastry or a smoothie or something. And so, yeah. man, that's very cool to know that you, I, I I didn't know that. Like I didn't know that there was that much of a concentration on Krispies for you. That's that's great. Hell yeah, yeah, I think we're not the only ones. There's a few breweries around that have not every brewery has them, but I've right. got. I'd, 
I'd, I'd say, oh, I don't know, maybe maybe ten percent of brews in Australia would probably have one at least one. Okay, that's great. It's mm. fantastic news. I, th- I, th- I think. I think. I'll take your word for it. Oh, yeah. The whole country is depending on oh. it now. If I can't, <laughs> yeah, it's all on you, Chris. It's all on you. Um, the shit that we were talking about before, I just wanted to. This is more just for like we talked about it off air, and we sort of touched on it here about the prices in Australia compared to, you know, your experience. You've obviously been to the states a bunch, so you're pretty familiar with uh, that. And you were here pretty recently too, up this side. Um, so I was telling you off air that my, at the time I was at Carwin and like. 2019 and friends were obviously you know i'm coming in from out of town so everyone's trying to shout me drinks and it was like i i to be fair it was like a tool you know that denmark danish brand to t-o-o-l yeah um yeah is it too okay and uh you know yeah. so tap takeover so obviously it's not local product which obviously is more expensive but like it was like not no i, I told you i think it was 19 bucks for like a, a full pour i think it was 19 for a, like a half pint yeah, and yeah, I was going to say, no, they don't sound that expensive. <laughs> yeah, this is, which is even crazy. And that blew yeah. my mind that people kept, because I didn't want full pour, I wanted to try more beer. So I was like, no, don't give me a full, get me half. And it was nothing to everybody. Everyone seemed quite used to it. So I was just curious if you could just lay the land for, and you also mentioned something about like a $16, $17 can, which is almost unheard of here unless it's a very intense pastry or something like that um just to maybe explain the australian prices as far as sort of like i know in in australia there's a huge the excise or whatever that the the alcohol taxes is makes up for a pretty insane amount of the um the 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 cost of alcohol i guess syntax but to a to a huge degree yeah just to break it down just to explain to folks how it is yeah so i mean the tax part's the easiest part to start from for a brewery or for us um, or most breweries our size, the uh, tax excise is fifty percent of our production cost. Look, so, so straight, so straight to the gov. Yeah, so if it costs us if it costs us fifty dollars to to make a case of beer, it's twenty five dollars a gallon to the ATO. Not included. So right, okay, and then so that, and, okay, so you have to always include so, yeah. very strongly. So the other twenty five percent is made up of ingredients, and then. A small amount of profit, basically. <laughs> yeah. 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 Labor. And then, yeah. yeah. We're going for profit. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, no, nah, so we're not, actually. Um, as far as pricing on beer goes, yeah, it is pretty expensive um, in Australia, but obviously the wage is generally, people get paid a little bit better over here than, than what they do maybe as a base wage in sort of America or something. Um, yeah. Like a, you know, even a three... Just trying to think, a three fifty-five mil can, mm-hmm. um, say like a like a core beer, out of our tap room to go be five dollars. Um, okay, uh, that's not ridiculous though. To be fair, I'm thinking Godspeed's like three seventy-five for a three fifty-five mil. Okay, yeah. So that's which not- is probably it's probably about the same price because your dollar is stronger than ours. All right, I don't think so. I'll double check right now oh. while we're talking. Uh, CAD to AUD. That's really bad. Oh, one Canadian dollar is one point one three Australian dollars. Yeah, yeah. So that's so probably pretty similar. Similar-ish. Okay. Yeah. But then you so, guys get paid a lot more than. Canadians and then like do. four. Yeah, and then four packs. You know, four pack of that same sort of beer would be you know maybe eighteen dollars or something like that. Um, okay. 
a single can, like our, we just released the Oak Cream IPA yesterday, um, which was a collab with One Drop. That I think a single can of that is, I want to say, it's either fifteen or sixteen dollars. I think, but okay. just for a single, and a four pack of that would be forty five. Jesus, now that is obviously the same economics as far as fifty percent of it is the tax, and. Yep. Being it's an oak cream IPA, the hops I imagine would probably make up a bulk of the. Um, yep. The yep. Majority of it. Yeah. Yeah. And then the whole, uh, And the other the other thing too, which I'm not sure if it does the same in, in Canada or not, because I don't think America does, is uh, alcohol excise in Australia is on a scale. So oh. the lower the AB, the lower the ABV, the less tax you pay. The higher the ABV, the more tax you pay. I don't think so. I think so they the have bracket. a cap. Yeah, there's brackets yeah. there. Interesting. Yeah, so anything under anything under say three percent is very minimal tax. Three and then it goes three to five, I think, or five point five, and then it goes like five to the other. It's just a it's a sliding scale. And then mm. yeah, so so once so, you hit yeah. a certain amount, like there's the taxes so intense that you have no choice but to sell it for yeah, for those prices. yeah. So, like, if we if we do a barrel aged pastry stout, like mm-hmm. if we do a, like or like or like a barrel aged stout, we're we're charging like at least probably at least twenty bucks a can. Okay, and what's the like? Is is that a thing for any like the customers are like, are you serious, or is it more just like okay? No, it's you know because it's the same. Like we're actually like on the scale of things, we're we're not the cheapest, but we're definitely not the most expensive. So really, it's um yeah. I think yeah. I think the most expensive pour pack. There was a thing going. It might have even been during COVID. I think the most expensive pour pack. I think Deeds won that. Fight. <laughs> I think they got or won that trophy. I'd like to say. Uh, <laughs> Is it? I want to say. Well, I want to say it was like one hundred and fifty dollars or something stupid Fuck for a pour pack. For a no, how much? Let me. For no, um, for barrel, if it was for barrel aged stuff, and it was like, I, I can't even think of something that would come up to four. If anything would come to one hundred and fifty bucks, no, 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 it wasn't. For, no, no, it wasn't. It would have been. I think it was like, it was around a hundred. It might have been like ninety or a hundred. So that's like that. four twenty-five dollar cans or bottles. Ah, uh, cans. Yeah, cans. Um. Uh, Ah, I'm just trying, and there would be these uh, these 500 mil size. I think they're 440 mil actually. Four? Oh yeah, because you guys have the uh, that's the other thing about Aussie beers. I remember in the fridge, there's nothing consistent there. Like here, there's 473 yeah, no. tall boys, 355 shorties, or 330, whatever it is. Okay, so no. 355. Yeah, uh, they they won't mind me saying this because it's available on the website. A four pack of Deeds is one more, once more into the fray is $114 for a four pack. And what is it? $114. I'm sorry, what, what, what's the style? Oh, it's a barrel age stout. Okay. It's nearly 14%, 440 mil. Fourth, if you want a discount, you get a 60 pack for 389 <laughs> Bro. But that's you know that's that's the cost of beer in this country. Like, I'm only laughing because that's what like that's actually no. What it you're is. not. It's, I'm yeah. not taking to that. You're making fun. I'm not making fun either. It's just shocking to uh, hear. 
They don't have a, they don't have a pricing. That's just what it costs to make beer in this country. It's wild. Uh, like, that's for co- – Jesus Christ. I, and, and this is also – when you were talking about your favorite beers growing up, Corona was one of mine as well. And I remember going to, like uh, – I think it was called – was it Liquorland, the thing that was attached to Coles? Yeah, Liquorland. And yeah. um, $19 for a six-pack of Corona in, like – when I was huh? whatever, 18, 19, 20, like 20 years ago. And I was like, Jesus, that is ridiculous. But if we were bowling out, we would go and get the $19 six pack when you could get, I didn't even know what else I would drink in lieu of that. Heineken probably was maybe 12 bucks or something. And then yeah. just not or 14, but like 19 for Corona was ridiculous. And now that's like for, for, probably, for the same. One. probably the same price now. Corona. Really? That's pretty funny. Uh, six packs. Tw- 25. Okay. So it hasn't, so over 20 years or so, it's gone up by six bucks. Um, I remember $19 so explicitly because when you're 20 years old, you don't have much money and that, you know, you want bang for your buck and you could get like a, sometimes on, on win, you get a case of Heineken for like 40 bucks or something. Yeah. So like yeah. you'd rock that. Yeah. That's fascinating. Look out for those little, uh, those little imports, the the yeah. tiny green ones yeah. from Heineken's. Yeah, I remember but- when we used to get them. We thought we were so fancy, so good. <laughs> Man, we had no idea back in the day. Did any? No one, none of us did. But it was fun because we were innocent. We didn't know shit. But yeah. it's like if people are used to it, like it is what it is. It's just it's interesting. I mean, look, even here, I don't know. Like even to comparison, like. Say like some of the better ones, like Third Moon or Badlands out here in, in Ontario that uh, are killing it. I mean, like if you got it direct from them and didn't, because I buy it from where I'm at is like an hour from Toronto. So it's, it's a city, but it's like, it's a, uh, I get it from a cafe because they open during COVID, they let cafes in Ontario, um, cafes, restaurants, and bars sell to go cans and bottles and stuff of wine and, and beer, not spirits, but but those two. And um, my favorite cafe here he has the best fridge in the the province, so he would get all the stuff. So I buy it from him, but if I bought it directly from the brewery, I would have to buy it in four packs or some sort of predetermined thing. So I'm happy to pay the. He doesn't like gouge anybody on the price. He makes he right raises it by a buck or two top. So I don't mind paying that uh, premium to get one as opposed to four. So like I'm paying, uh-huh. I think for an seven seventy five something like that, maybe for a. Or eight feet up to maybe eight fifty feel like a fire double IPA type of thing. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so it's about half the price. Um, yeah, of a straight, and then, is, it, it would all be tax. Yeah, for the difference, right? Which now you put it like that, you're right. So even here, there's a big thing about the tax, which is what I got confused and maybe we were talking about. Was um, there's a big campaign right now to to see in. Uh, Ontario, it's like, say, there's a 60 cent tax and then another 60 cent tax. For, I forgot what they're for. So, like, basically $1.20 before you even get started. And then, like, this other nine cent tax. But in Alberta, it's like 10 cents for the same thing. So, the right. and, and, and the difference is, though, that here they're not charging the same price as they are there. So, like, there's the, the, they're not making much money. And there's breweries that are just on the edge, like posting that, hey, you know, we're down. There's one of a, a great brewery out here that uh, posted like yesterday or the day before, like we're down to a skeleton crew. Like, you know, we want to keep doing this. It's just, we've, you know, we need to sell. It's And their beer is fantastic. And I think it's just, you know, sign of the times, you know, like people are just really struggling to get through. And just like they, there's a big campaign from the um, 
the provincial like board. You know, have the 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 beer bodies. I imagine there's like a Victorian yeah. one in New South Wales. Yeah, what's it called there? Uh. So it's not that serious then. If you don't know the name of it, it's not that serious. That means they're not that that impactful in your day to day as far as like. Uh... No, there's just like like there's the IBA and stuff like that. But that, is, is that federal? National, thing. Like, national. okay. Yeah. Well, it's it's an independent association, so it's yeah. That's the little that's the that. little logo on the can. Yeah. Do you have it? Nah. No. No, I get I it. We do. No, not in these ones anyway. Um, this one. No. Um, either way, they, they, they're trying to basically fix that. They, they're like, say this on OCB, Ontario Craft Brewers Association, which is like, and there's like, you know, AMBQ is like Association de Pierre de Quebec, whatever the fuck, uh, Microbrasserie de right. Quebec. So like that each province has them. Then there's like a, a federal one, same as the states, you know, Colorado Brewers Guild, Florida Brewers Guild, and then the Brewers Association. Sure. So it's the same yeah. setup. So the Ontario yeah. one is petitioning the government right now to try and get changes and to change a bunch of stuff. So there's a real big thing about, you know, letting them uh, sell in convenience stores as well and blah 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 so there's a whole big thing about that right now to essentially make producing beer more profitable and and a little bit more equitable across the country when some provinces are paying 10 cents while another province is paying a dollar 20 and that difference over scale of volume of, of products is very very um impactful so like you know there's a big thing like that so is there anything happening in australia to uh, you know, um, do something combat. about combat that you fifty know, percent. It's a lot, man. I mean, the, like what you were saying before, and I sort of misunderstood what you were saying. Yes, so our there's not statewide ones; it's just the IBA. Um, gotcha. So then they go and you know rally to the, uh, the federal government. government. About, yeah, about anything and everything. Um, they haven't had. Great luck with a lot of things. Um, and, you know, our excise, alcohol excise, it goes up every quarter and has gone up every quarter for like the last 30 years. But literally, it just it increases every time. So is that like the like, ciggies? Like, you know, is that like cigarettes, how like cigarettes are now like 50 bucks a pack yeah. or something? And they were $5 yeah, yeah. when I smoked when I was 15? Yeah. Yep, exactly. Yeah, so wow. same thing. So it's just, so, it goes up every quarter and they've never once, they've been, you know, saying one, you need to put it on hold. Like the IBA say, you need to stop raising this. Like the prices are getting out of control, but they're not stopping. Um, mm. Just, you know, every, every quarter just goes up by another percentage. So there is some breweries that literally will do, and they'll literally do a price rise every time the IBA put one out. Okay, well, you know, due to excise updates, our prices are now updated by that amount. There is also now the, um, which has just come in and Victoria was the last state to bring it in, but the CDS, which is the um, container scheme, so okay. it's the, where you get a refund when you take the oh. cans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is a good thing, but I think a lot of people don't know that the people who pay for that is the producers. So we pay for that. Right. So we have to lodge every we have to lodge every single can that that we produce and sell. We have to pay that ten cent rebate on. So, which if you're seeing your beer prices go up, there is generally the correlation there is because the government has bought in this ten cent 
refund. So you're essentially you're paying the same amount because you the, the breweries back. that have up the breweries that have up their prices have up their prices because they had to because now you know they have to pay this money to the government. So yeah, and the problem is you know we pay it on every can that goes out, but I would like I honestly think it's probably two to three percent of people that are actually going and doing the refund. I didn't even know you could do that. So where's the money going? Where's the rest of the money going? Whoever the prime minister's pockets, I guess. Now, who's the prime minister? Uh, yeah, it's a bit. Of, um, <laughs> you have to think about it. That's so good. Wow, we've had we've had so many changes. I know, the last man. Years. I'm not making fun of you none at all. Them, I'm saying none like, of them. Yeah, <laughs> none of them have done anything worth worth remembering. <laughs> so hopefully, oh, this one does something good. Jesus Christ, dude. That's great. Is that um can container thing? Is that new? Because growing up, that wasn't a thing. You know how it used to say uh, yeah. 10 cents if if you, uh, you doesn't have it, if you took it back to South Australia? Yes. yes. Remember that so, shit? I, I, can't, I can't shoot that on the label. Um, I, oh, it's... 10 cents refund at collection depots in participating state, in territorial the, province. Yeah. So it didn't used to say that. Yeah. That's not what it used to so, say. It used to be on printed on here on the top. Yeah, yeah. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. So our cans have said that, but South Australia used to be the only state that did it, and then Queensland brought one in, and then or Queensland and New South Wales brought one in, and then WA brought one in, and then Victoria were one of the last ones to come on. The oh. biggest problem, like we're all for recycling. The biggest what? issue is every, every state has a different scheme. So the amount of paperwork, it's not yeah. one thing. You have to remit to. Every single, every single new beer we, which for a brewery like ours, it doesn't new beer. That's a nightmare. You have to upload every barcode of every beer that you produce in every state and then send off monthly, you know, monthly paperwork to every one of those container scheme people to then receive a bill and then pay the bill. And it's, they're just not making it easier. And that's, what, that's one thing that IBA are lobbying for, not to get rid of container scheme, but to make it one streamlined like, national system. body. Yeah, that makes complete sense. Which, which, which it should. But yeah. Just, yeah. Which, which just makes me think that it's state government that's just getting the money. The, the rest of the hmm. money is just because if they're not going to make that, yeah. So I don't just hang on to it. Yeah. So yeah, like, it's hmm. a whole Dude, that's so <laughs> crazy. They have one, there's this thing called the beer store here. So there's the LCBO, Liquor Control Board of Ontario, which is the biggest alcohol purchaser in the world. That's where you, the only place you can buy spirits, um, but you get yep. beer and wine there. Then there's the beer store, and they're now, it was government-owned, and then it got bought by, like, I think it's uh, Sapporo, Molson, and something like that. Like, it's, it's ridiculous that this, the only other place to, make, to buy beer is owned by these macro producers. And the they have the return, the refund scheme. So basically you get 10 cents for every can. So they've been doing it here forever. In Quebec, they don't do it because people actually recycle here. But apparently in Quebec, in Ontario, people weren't recycling. So they made a stronger scheme to bring it back. And I got, I'm looking at my, I got little, those little recyclable bags right there. And I like chuck them in there and take them back. And it makes me feel like, I can't not do it because it just feels like you're recycling money if you don't. And even if I'll take enough back that I'll get like 20 bucks and I know I don't use cash for anything, but I don't know. You just put it in your wallet and you're like, all right, sweet, whatever. It's got some cash. Okay. Just in case yep. you need it. But like, I like yeah. the idea of it because it makes me do it. It's pretty easy once you do it. It doesn't take too long or whatever, but um, 
I love when I was when I moved here and discovered it. And just it's just what everybody did. You just do it. Like it's not even like a thing. You just take it back. Like, what do you mean you just putting it away? Like throwing it in recycling. And then I was always like, man, that sucks. That like growing up, I didn't have that. So it makes me very happy to hear that. Um, that exists. Yeah, it's a it's, shame that they make it hard for you. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is, and and every single producer is going through it. It's just you know, I think that's the problem is the cost of beer, the cost of ingredients. CDS, everything like like the perfect storm has just come all at once, which has made people go, you know, shit, beer is expensive. I'm not going to buy it. And then breweries have gone, oh crap, people aren't buying our beer. We've got all these extra costs. You know, it's just like everything is just, you know, coming at once. And that's like, okay. And that's why, you know, there's some that are are doing it really tough. But speaking on the can thing, it's funny, like, we went away camping last week with my family to go caravan park, and uh, the the amount of kids that are running around like scavenging through the cans, like the bins for cans, and then going to the collection things. It's cool. Like they're getting, you know, they've got all got gloves on, and they're, you know, they're making a whole thing of it, and they're making bank. Like <laughs> these kids are making good coin. Like good that's what I would prefer. To, exactly, that's what I would prefer to see. Kids going to do that stuff, and like, yes, if you're going to spend the money, get you know get your money back, but I'd rather those cans that people aren't going to do because obviously they're just putting them in the recycling bins and then the recycling company's taking them away. Mm-hmm. I'd rather see the kids definitely, yeah. Like, Hell yeah. Why not? But, Dude, yeah, that's hustlers, awesome. Entrepreneurs. Yeah. Entre- young entrepreneurs, yeah. little eight-year-olds. Yeah. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah. Here, it's like, it's I don't know why, and I'll, it's literally just Asian people. There's always like right. Asian people walking the streets on midnight taking the thing. I'm like, hey man, hustle. And they're usually older. Like they're just probably retired people just being like, like smart really going through it and taking them so i love seeing that for kids i love that that's very cool man yeah it'd be cool so it'd be nice if the the rest of the money that wasn't used maybe went to like i don't know homeless or something like that that'd be cool yeah something that's useful for society something like that or fixing the roads or whatever something that actually education something that contributes back yeah Yeah. Yeah, that's dope um let me get into this bad boy. So this was the second one I hung on to. The uh-huh. uh, pastry stout. He's this one. I'm only having these two beers tonight. Don't honestly, <laughs> this is such a good name. Don't chase me. I'm buzzed and full of chocolate. <laughs> so yeah. stupid. Yeah. I fucking love it. What's that yeah. from? Simpsons. Simpsons. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, uh, I think it's Ralph. Ralph Wiggins. Uh, Wig- Ralph. It's Ralph. Is Wiggins. Ralph. W i g g. Yeah, like the chief son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, or maybe it's the chief. I can't even remember. I'm not a massive Simpsons guy. One of our guys here is. I love it. This is uh, ridiculous. So the other one I showed before that relax on a regular here was a fantastic uh, pastry. Um, yeah. So I uh, very much was looking forward to this one. Now, this has a pretty intense uh, lineup of uh, toasted cacao nibs, Tahitian vanilla beans, Rio Grande Estate coffee from Dramana's Little Rebel, and uh, our good old mate Lactose. Right. Um, this one came, looks like it was canned in March last year, 2023. Yep. Um, talk to me about the pastries, brother. It smells great. Uh, yeah. Another thing that we sort of, you know, do a lot of, or like, you know, have created a bit of a following for, um, is pastry stouts. You know, again, there wasn't a lot of people doing them when we first started, uh, with the big heavy adjunct stouts. Um, we like to really emphasize like a a big long boil to try and get 
real sort of viscous and, and big mouth feel and body. Um, mm-hmm. And use it's got a fair bit of lax in there. You know, we we have that sort of concept of really high starting gravity, but still very high finishing gravity. So there is, you know, it is quite a bit of sweetness, but I think it's balanced by the alcohol and everything else that goes on in that beer. Um, yeah, we with cacao nibs and coconut and all that sort of stuff, we just tuck it in house on our pizza oven um, oh, yeah. here, and you know do. We don't, we don't use, we obviously make our junk stout, but we don't use adjuncts. We use all real ingredients. Um, so if there's cacao nibs on the label or, or coconut or biscuits or coffee or whatever, it's actual products. Mm-hmm. So I haven't had that beer in a long time, so I don't know how it's... Uh, how dude, that's great. Um, I'm, I love it, dude. This is fantastic. So it's like, it's like you've, you've made it, so it's, it's not like... Um, Sometimes it's like it's syrupy. This is not syrupy for the ABV, like twelve yeah. seven. That's pretty high. Yeah. Uh, that's higher than most yeah. ones here in Canada. The max is typically eleven point nine, but eleven point nine, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, so it's you know it's it's full bodied. The nose is crazy. The nose is mostly coffee and coconut. Um, yeah. Wicked mouthfeel. Like it's uh, the chocolate is obviously front and center the coconut is usually it kind of plays the background a bit right like it's it never really is that like coconut co- in that mm-hmm. is that co- mm. coconut in that too you are do you know why cacao coconut i i, I completely yeah. i'm lying to you vanilla yeah. there's like a little yeah. vanilla tang in the back end there yeah a little like like dark fruits yeah. pot- potentially from the coffee um yeah yeah yeah, definitely. We with all our pastry stouts, we we keep it really simple on the malt bill. Like it's it's just base malt, and then we don't use roasted malt. We just use chocolate malt, okay. um, and a little bit of oat, uh, and then yeah, that's pretty much pretty much how we keep it. We keep it super simple, so we can just let the adjuncts do its thing, and and you know really sort of slow drawn out fermentation to not try and get like that alcohol heat. Um, but yeah, no the biggest thing for all. us is the boil. We, yeah, okay. we boil for a long time to, mm-hmm. to really sort of drive off any off flavors, but also to really, really build on that body and mouthfeel. The mouthfeel is crazy. Um, I really enjoy that. It's, um, I expected more of a meal in a can, but this right. is a lot more uh, approachable. Sometimes that's what you want, but I know tonight doing two ones back to back like this, which I've done a few times yeah, before. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I'm going hard. Usually I have uh <laughs> so today's Thursday night there, I know it's Friday there. On Wednesdays yeah. I call them like big beer Wednesdays because I just like I imagine you do, I have a pretty insane cellar of stuff. And I'm yeah. realizing that unless I allocated a time or an evening to just drink yeah. big ten plus beers, I'm not drinking them shits, bro. That's hence yeah. the triples. So yeah. I do Wednesdays only. I drink the big beer. So I usually would drink two stouts and I found that if I wait till after dinner, like don't drink before dinner. If I have, I'm a late, I'm a vampire. So like, you know, we stay up kind of late. So if I have two beers after dinner, I could easily do two 10% cans or usually it's 11.9. When I say uh-huh. easily, like I'm not I'm lit, but I'm like, I'm fine. Like it's all good. So it's, um, happy. I'm yeah. happy. I'm good. Sleep well, wake up a little rough and you know, just, yeah. You just get back in again. business. Just keep doing it all yeah. again. Hence, that's why I did it last night, and I was like, "Well, I'm doing yeah. it tonight. Let's fucking go." Yeah. Um, yeah. 
so it's uh no it's it's this is dope man and i love the coffee obviously melbourne is the home of third wave coffee which i found did you know Uh that i didn't so i didn't even know what third wave coffee was until i can one of our oh that was a couple of years ago trip to the states i'd heard it i'm like i don't know what that is but yeah okay so my, my cousin told me about it he does coffee stuff in melbourne so i only discovered it over here i drank hot chocolates in melbourne like a dickhead and then came over here and then yeah. discovered slowly into coffee now like i would take a coffee over beer i love coffee that much it's the best and yeah, um, yeah. montreal was probably the closest thing to melbourne for whatever reason but melbourne is just have you been to patricia cafe in um it's like on the little laneway in the city no, no? bro it's the greatest place. I don't really. I don't really uh, no, are oh, you not a coffee guy? Are oh, you like no, no, a massive coffee guy? <laughs> I, uh, no, today I've been. I've been doing an iron for the last like, I reckon, year about buying a coffee machine, like a new coffee machine. My old ones. I've had it for ages and it's clapped out. So I went this morning and got myself hooked up a new coffee machine. What'd you get? So, Did you get a banger? Uh, it's a it's a nice one. Yeah, I got a yeah. uh, I got a rocket from Italian. Oh. I know the ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good one. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it's good. Found Hell a, found yeah. A, yeah. Found an ex-demo one that this guy was selling at his shop and gave me a good deal. So That's a that's that's where you want to be. That's what you want. Oh, the uh, oh. the one I want, my cousin showed me, it's like seven grand. So I don't know how to, it's like the Ooh. La Mazzocco. It's the one they use in a cafe that's like that big, like the big, big yeah. La Mazzocco, but you can get the yeah, linear right. mini, like a little one. Seven grand. Yeah. Oh, fuck. I'm, I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. But Patricia, if you ever are in the city, they've got like four drinks on the menu. Like it's like a pour over, like a cappuccino, a latte and something else. That's it. Like lines out the door. There's no seating. You only stand up. You rock up and they go fucking boom. Two, like wait, two, like I give you a glass of uh, sparkling water. So like boom, yeah, what boom. do you need? Boom. And you sit. It's, it's every time I've been to Melbourne, I, my cousin took me there. I'm like, he knows them all. And he's all like. Then he, I guess he goes there all the time and they do the trivia and the papers like flirting with these like 20 year olds and he's like older than me. <laughs> and it's like, it's very funny. It's like the best experience ever. It's the greatest dude. Like I want to, we want to open like the goal, even though there's no money in it, but like the passion project would be to have a little cafe like that standing room only and have a yeah. series of Melbourne themed cafes, like named after different places in Melbourne. It's, yeah, um, it's fucking sick, man. But like, I love that you got this, and also Dramanis. Obviously, it's uh, you know in, in your area and stuff. Um, yeah. and I'm familiar with uh, Little Rebel. They got uh, they have a cafe, or they're a yeah. roaster. Yeah, they have they're a, cafe. a roaster. Well, they do at their roastery. Yeah, I think like yeah. they're one of they're one of our favorite. Um, we got a sweet little deal going with them. We uh, we supply them beer. They supply us coffee. So we yeah we work hand in hand. But uh, their coffee is excellent. Um, them and you know, there's them and probably two other coffee roasters on the peninsula that we really you know work closely with and have really good relationships with. But yeah, their coffee is fire. Yeah. How? Uh, who are the other ones? I'm just I'm trying to I'm trying to keep up. Sometimes uh, some places here get Australian coffee, so I'm always trying to keep up on it. Yeah, the other two that we work with uh, is Prodigal. Prodigal. Um, okay. Prodigal coffee roasters. They make excellent coffee and. Okay. And also Common Folk, another one that we work Common with. Folk. Okay. Yeah. They're probably Keeping the three. On. They're the three that I buy coffee from. There's, I mean, there's, it's Melbourne. There's coffee roasters all over the place. And, and I'm, I'm probably leaving, you know, some out. Um, but, you know, there's the three that we've got the relationships with and we really like their products. So, 
and this one with Prodigal. That's Prodigal, yeah. 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 Love that. Okay, sick. Um some yeah, sometimes places here just get there's a few really cool spots that like just get cool things from all over the world. So sometimes I rock up and there's stuff from Sydney or Gold Coast or yeah, Gold Melbourne or whatever. Yeah. Um but yeah, I think it's cool. I think it's extra authentic to be honest, because you're a coffee guy, which is just found out, but that's great. And the fact that it's the coffee capital rocking with coffee beers. But yeah, dude, this is crazy. This is like when you when I was pouring this, like you can see through it. So it's almost like it's like a deep brown as opposed to like just motor oil. And yeah. the body on this is as if it was pouring like motor oil. Yeah, like right. this is fantastic. I'm going to be pretty fucking lit after all this. I'm all right now, but <laughs> I'm starting to, I'm like, oh, this is going to be, uh, it's going to be hectic. Yeah, I'm going to have to say I've got a can, keep it around. Try yeah. Well, if if you do find one, being that this is 10 months old, I technically, and to be fair, I kept them in the fridge the entire time. I didn't, everything I got, I put them immediately in the fridge and they never left the fridge. I drank everything but these two within a week of getting it. Yep. Cause I wanted yeah. it to be as fresh as possible. Cause I knew that it's not every day I'm going to get fresh banks. So I was like, I'm going to drink all this fucking shit. Like ASAP. Cause sometimes you're like, oh, I want to like every time I had yeah, my big, it. yeah. Right. Savor. And I had the big stout Wednesday. I looked at this every time I'm like, ah, not now I'm going to save it. <laughs> so I'm glad nice. I did because it made the pod a little more uh, authentic, which is what I wanted. But yeah, man, this is, this is really cool. So how often would you say you would do um, pastries? Uh, we've toned them back a bit. We, okay. I mean, COVID again, we were doing a lot. Um, we were probably doing six a year at that stage, I'd say, of like okay. big ones like that. Now we're probably maxing out at like two to three a year. Huh. Why is two. that? That it's not popping like that? Um, they just, I, I think they're very much that one and done here. Um, people want to try them. They don't, you know, buy a lot of salad or anything yeah. like that. Nah. Particularly pastries, but, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the less we do, the better. Um, and that way also we can, you know, we can spend a bit more on, on what we're putting in them and price them, you know, appropriately. Um, so we can make it really sort of, really sort of pop and bang. So instead of, mm. you know, maybe doing, maybe doing four to six a year and, and going, oh, well, we're going to have to move this one, so we have to price this and cheaper and not put this amount of ingredients, ingredients in and stuff like that. So, gotcha. So, yeah, it's uh, able to make them really sort of what it really hit. So we're, um, we actually got on the schedule to do, I think our first one's coming up soon, to brew it. We normally give them about six weeks or so um, from brew day to package. Uh, but we also got, we put one into some whiskey barrels because we've, we've done a couple of pastry stouts in whiskey barrels which mm. have, have gone really well for us so we've got one that we got some um fresh barrels from uh the gospel whiskey which is a distillery in north melbourne which is or northern melbourne um which is uh yeah that makes a really cool rye whiskey so pretty, pretty pumped pretty pumped see how it turns out I was I'm glad you mentioned that I was about to ask have you ever done uh, you've obviously done barrel aged before yeah, we don't, we're not we're not like a you know we're not a boat rocker or anything like that. We okay. we don't make it our main focus. We we try and do one a year, um, and that seems to be the sweet spot for us. Uh, you know, one we've got some beer in barrels at the moment down there. We've got yeah that stout that I've just talked about. We we had some bourbon barrels that we got in from Kentucky that we used 
I think three or four times and then they were starting to get uh, a little bit, um, they were losing their flavour. Um, so we put a kettle set, put a kettle sour into them, just a basic kettle sour, uh, just to see what it did. And the only way I can describe that beer is, like I just call that beer pleasant. Is if we ever packed that beer, it would be called pleasant because it's the most pleasant thing I've ever tasted. Okay. It's not like, the most, it's not the most wowing thing ever or the most flavorsome or the most, but like it's just, it's so pleasant. Um, <laughs> But That's awesome. the, the problem is pleasant pleasant doesn't sell. So, mm. <laughs> so uh, we, we can do something with it, we just haven't decided what. But they've been in there for a while. And they're, they're coming on like maybe yeah, close to twenty four months, I reckon. In there, so. Okay. I mean would that be like a bottle release? Or, yeah. Would that be like uh, would you do bottles or would you just carry yeah. that bad boy? Nah, I think we'd probably have to do bottles or even just maybe keg only or something, because it's I don't want to run it through our canning line because um, I was on a forklift. Actually, I was on a forklift actually moving the barrels around a couple of months ago and I knocked the bung off the top of it. And I just was like, oh, I'm going to have a look inside. And there was like a pellicle on the inside. Oh, wow. So there wasn't supposed to be a pellicle. So what forms in like barrel aged beers, barrel aged sour beers. Um, basically, like it's kind of like a form of mold growing on top, but like good mold, um, okay. which is what, you know. I'm an expert on barrel-aged sours, but, you know, is what happens for most barrel-aged sour beers. Um, the, but, yeah, so I don't really want to put that through our canning line, run the risk of having issues. I know there's a lot of people I who do it. these days, and, yeah, cleaning regimes pretty good, but I just don't think it's worth the risk, so. Yeah, so what happens. I've, I've heard that a lot. That makes sense. That makes complete sense. That's pretty. That's pretty dope, though, that you're doing that. Have you noticed then? On that note, uh, one thing I've noticed that a lot of the there's a few breweries here that are closing uh, recently. Have already closed or whatever. And a, some of the characteristics they're doing, like either barrel aged, like farmhouse or barrel aged sours, that yeah. seems to be something that is like fucking nose dived, like. Yeah. Um, there's a brewery here called Stillfields that was uh, an ex Bellwoods brewer started. And I only tried their beer recently because we did a podcast about breweries that were closing, which sucks. But, and that's what took me to go and buy their beer because the store that I have here had a bunch of that, still does have a bunch of their bottles. So I probably will get some more of their stuff just to try it. But it's not really my jam. But when you drink them, it's like, cool. Um, have you noticed some, any sort of like, like what's the word consistencies between any of the breweries that are maybe, you know, going it a bit hard recently, like anything like that, or, you know, cause I just feel like maybe that like, it's like the market for um, barrel aid sours seems to have just dissipated and being more niche than ever. So I, yeah. and, or, or like who can really justify, particularly over COVID, right? You got all these, buy these seven fifties and then you're like, well, I can't, even though you probably could, but you know, I can't drink this by myself. And all of a sudden you've got a cellar or you got all these beers that you feel like you can't drink because seven fifties yeah. feel like a special occasion when they kind of shouldn't. That's one of the problems, but typically barrel aged or farmhouse beers to come, come in those packaging. So, um, yeah. yeah. Is there any sort of anything like that you've noticed? Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, like, I don't think the Australian scene in that beer style ever took off the way it has overseas. Okay. Um, there's there's definitely some breweries that do that um, and do there's some breweries that that solely focus on that sort of style but then there's also some breweries that you know sort of clean breweries that then also had offshoot products 
of okay. that. And I've definitely noticed in the last few months those offshoot product, which they generally would put under a different brand, like banner. But like, wouldn't, you know, if we were banks, um, it wouldn't then come under banks. Sour beer would be like, what's the opposite of banks? I don't know. Um, cash? Water. No. <laughs> Volts? No, that is no. banks. No, there's money, you're uh, right. Anyway, whatever it is. Yeah, it'd be, you like know, it'd be trees, trees <laughs> brewing or whatever. Like gotcha, gotcha. So, um, but I have noticed that I haven't seen a lot of the releases from a lot of those breweries. But then there are, I know of one um, that has moved. I don't know if they've shut or just moved. Um, that was in that, you know, within that sort of that circle. Um, there is some still soul-based sour breweries kicking around. Uh, I couldn't speak to how things were going for them or what their sort of volumes were or output. Um, I think a lot of them have like solid membership programs that they have set up, which, which really helps for them. They work on a membership basis, um, really sort of you know, working with that, that crowd um, that they have and keeping them, keeping them you know, in, entertained in that space. Um, I mean, breweries in general at the moment, everyone's doing it kind of tougher than, than they ever have before. But, uh, yeah, I think, I think that, that scene is definitely one that's definitely not in a growth period. Um, and especially, like, you know, all the pod, pod, podcasts and everything I listen to and, and even on recent trips, like, so the states that I've had, like, there was times where we would go to sour breweries and then on the most recent trips, like, we didn't go to any sour breweries. And I've heard in the states that it's in a massive decline. So, Yeah, I saw, um, what's the one? Rare... Barrel, rare barrel got bought by Cellar Maker. Um, oh, right. So I heard they got. I mean, Cellar Maker. One of my favorites. Yeah, I never actually had any, but I heard they rare were barrel. great. Yeah, at least they were bought yeah, we by went, a, we went another crew. Sorry. Yeah, we went there in twenty. Oh, I don't know, twenty nineteen or yeah, I think it was twenty nineteen. Yeah, it was awesome. Like, yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah! Yeah, I've heard great things, but at least they were bought by a. Another craft brewery, another Bay Area yeah, craft a brewery, a local rather than like a you know multinational. But um, yeah, I've yeah. just I, I don't know about Jester King how they're holding up, but I've just sort of I feel like one of the main consistencies that I've heard was that it's just people doing that as maybe a either if it's not all they do, but it's a lot of what they do, a kind of like doing it hard. It's just like that style. Like if it didn't take off in Australia, I, I feel like the ones that do it in North America are the ones that are like really known for it like the jester king like hill farmstead like orval in quebec um that that's their jam and that's what they're all about and then those ones yeah. i don't i mean i went to hill farmstead in uh in, in august and i met sean hill and we hung out with him he was a champion and the when i was there i was like all right let me get some bottles so i grabbed i think like four bottles and I think I had one of them for an Arthur with uh, Cascade, New Zealand Cascade for, for New Year's Eve. I had that and it was, I was like, Jesus Christ, man, why don't I drink this stuff more? Like, I feel like every time I have a great bottle of farmhouse stuff, I was like, man, why don't I drink this more? And I just feel yeah. like maybe there isn't that much great stuff. And it felt like it was an experience. It was New Year's. We just stayed home. It was super low key. But I was like, it was super enjoyable to to actually yeah. sit there and drink that beer. You know what I mean? Like really soak it up. Yeah. Definitely. I think they're definitely more situated to like a special occasion sort of beer um, yeah. and not as, sort of, not as sort of sessionable. Um, sort of, yeah, definitely look more in the wine sort of 
Wine Lang. Absolutely. But yeah. But yeah, like we like we went to Jester King in not last year but the year before. Um and like they had I think they had two or three APAs on, a couple of lagers. <laughs> it's like oh, really? so they're not just doing yeah, they're not just doing it. And they were good. Like they were good IPAs and good lagers. So okay. yeah. Obviously having to uh whether they have to or they just are branching out. Yeah. Yeah. No, they were good. They're really good. Okay, that's good to know. I never even considered that they would be uh, yeah. doing other stuff. Okay, so there's no real like uh, anything you've noticed there. But as far as like you know, obviously over here, we were talking off air a little bit about this. But the there's a lot of breweries that are either closing, merging is another interesting one we're seeing a lot of. Um, but I imagine that the it sounds like the whole from what I've even you know talking to Aussie friends back home and I'm looking on the news and around and I'm seeing the same things you know like you said interest rates you mentioned that earlier um, you know people are paying back all this free money that everyone got the last few years and everything's kind of in this sort of unfortunate economic downturn. Um, what's the general brewing scene like as far as is that is it you know we're talking about the taxes and all that stuff which is one thing but you know what's the the scene like are we seeing a lot of closures and mergers in australia are breweries worried is there a lot of talk amongst your peers and colleagues like what's the general vibes over there now yeah i think um there there hasn't been a ton of closures there's been a few people go into voluntary administration Okay. Um, which which they've found ways to come out of. Um, okay. I there's, there has been a few closures. Um, I think that unfortunately, I think there will be more. Um, I, I the whole the whole vibe in the industry at the moment is it's interesting. Like we keep we keep sort of talking about trying to figure out ways to like you know, make it fun again and reinvigorate. You know just there's a lot of people that are just, they seem tired. There, mm. you know, and I think everyone is. It's been a rough five years. Like, Hell yeah, you know, a, lot of, a lot of these businesses were in growth stage or like startup stage and growth stage and then COVID, you know, either you were getting money and, from the government and, you know, had to deal with later stuff or did other things and like, as everyone said, pivoted and did that and then, Come out of it thinking everything's going to be great again, and then it's good for maybe two months, and then it falls in a hole. And in this last year, it's even gone back further. So, I think a lot of people. I think there is a lot of scared people um, or concerned people about about how things are going. Um, yeah, I think there's going to be a lot more closures, unfortunately. But mm. like the, the realistic part of that is, it's you know, it's not it's not new to the beer industry, and it's not just the beer industry. It's you know, it's business in general. Like, Think of a lot, lot of a lot of breweries. Maybe, maybe COVID gave them another couple of years, possibly, um, and not just breweries. I mean, businesses in general. Um, you know, when things were maybe not looking as good for some of them. But yeah, it's going to be interesting because it's going to be another. It's definitely going to be another tough six, twelve, eighteen months before things mm. really still to start to turn around. But and yeah, look, you know, sales are well down. I, I, everyone you speak to. Like every right. single person, you you know you you're in between. I, I'd be surprised. That, like obviously there'd be some outliers there, but I'd be surprised if most breweries weren't down at a minimum of ten percent. Okay, minimum. 
So like, 10 is, and I was is that bad? The sum that I am saying, oh. mm. Not great, obviously, no. but like, I thought you were going to say like 50. No, no, well, I was going to say there would be breweries that were 50. Right. Um, definitely. Like, but, you know, and I think a lot of people sort of jumping out of the industry too at the moment, which is an interesting one. Like, mm. we, I think That's a lot great. of people have, I think a lot of people got into the industry for the love of beer and the industry. Um, and, you know, it's, it's not the hardest industry to work in, but it's also not the easiest. You've got to mm. grind and hustle and, you know, you've got to always be on your feet and keep reinventing yourself and keep thinking and, you know, be in front of people and be at events. And, yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not as glamorous as what it's put out, like made out to be. But, right. But it's like I personally, I still think it's a, a really awesome, awesome industry to be in. Hell um, yeah. So, yeah, I think, I think it's having, in, in one sense, it's having a bit of a natural reset. Okay, I was going to ask then. That's a, a really great point. So the, when you say a reset, do you feel that maybe there was an over-influx of capital? Okay. Yeah, like, like so many people say, oh, you know, like, I want to start a brewery. Like everyone's fucking saying that for a while because it was cool, right? It was cool to start a brewery. It, it looked easy or whatever um and then what i was sort of going to get at was like do you think that it's going to be you know the cream rises to the top type of shit do you think the best ones are going to survive and then the ones that maybe are underperforming are going to dip because i feel like here the breweries that have closed there was one in particular was one of the best and those other ones that I've seen recently that are posting that they're in dire straits are also fantastic. So I'm oh. not seeing, I don't want to cast like a value judgment or whatever, but I mean, I guess you could sort of, you know, we're all pretty familiar, you know, because there's like some breweries that just like one brewery in that town or city, you know, you know Australia is set up pretty similar to Canada. It's very sparse land with, you know, a bunch of major cities and kind of small towns in between as opposed to the States, which is so much bigger. Um, uh-huh. Sometimes there's one a one brewery town, and that town will do anything to save that brewery, no matter how mid that brewery is. Yeah, it's the it's 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 what that means to the culture of the town and what it means to the community, as opposed to the quality of the products. It could be all fucking amber ales and blondales and shit, and like to me or me, we're just going to be that's not great. But the town loves mm. the place, whereas like yeah. there's a brewery called Barncat here that they closed uh, in the summer last year in like August, and it was devastating because they were the, they did the first haze in Ontario. They were like OGs and pastry stouts. Their pastry stouts were some of the best, and it was so fucking sad that they closed. So to me, that's even more devastating that one of the best breweries that could have possibly closed happened to close. So uh-huh. are you seeing any trends as far as the ones that are in trouble without saying names or any particular maybe value judgments, but like kind of more of a, you know, I'm seeing that this type, is there any like correlations? You're saying this type of business is failing and this type of business isn't or something like that at all? Um, yeah, I think the ones, I think having a specific, like having a decent brew pub, um, mm. is definitely, you know, and, and like, I think important just for like more than anything for, for when your wholesale is not going well, like there's gotcha. been times that in our lifespan that the brew pub has held up, 
uh, wholesale or held up the business because of wholesale. And there's been times where wholesalers held up the business because the brew pub might not be doing that well. I think, I think to do it well, you need both diversification or to be, yeah, or to be to feel safe and comfortable. You need both. Hmm. Um, I also think massively it comes down to, like it, a lot of it comes down to luck. Like if you just had a stellar three years and then went, you know what, we're going to reinvest in a brewery upgrade and we're going to take out, you know, you've made just for interest sake, say you made a million dollars profit in a year and you go, well, a million dollars profit in that year, that's, you know, we might as well do a brewery upgrade and you spend $2 million and then the next year you're 50% down on that, mm. then you know, pretty easy math to go, oh, crap, we have a lot of money out, you know, and then you're also probably employing more people and this and that. So I think it comes down to a lot of things like your financial position, how much debt you've taken on, you know, whether, yeah, whether, I don't know, how much people you're sort of bringing in to do different tasks and, you know, or just that's one thing that we've sort of tried to do is is keep very hands-on and, and, and still keep small because, like, small and nimble and we can change when we need to. We can, mm. you know, never sort of really get in over our own head um, in a way and then and hopefully that puts us in good stead for, for like, future. But, yeah, I don't know. It's, I, I think it really, we, like, we, honestly, without our brew pub for the, last, for the last six months or so, it would have been a lot tougher. We would have mm. been fine. But it would have it would have been a lot tougher. It's definitely the brew pub. Like it's felt like even though people didn't have a huge amount of money to spend, they they were probably not spending their money on as many takeaways. They wanted to go and hang somewhere, meet with friends, and have a good time, and get value for money. Now, like our brew pub is is pretty pretty reasonably priced for what's around. Like to be able to get like you can come in and get. You know, a pizza and a couple of beers, or two, say, say two pizzas and you know, a few beers for under fifty bucks. And there's not a lot of, there's not That's a lot of sweet, uh, places. Yeah, there's not a lot of places around that you can do that. So, mm. and, that, and the yeah, quality that yeah. you're doing. Yeah, well, that's yeah, that we hope so. Yeah, that's what we're trying for. So. See, that's great. I mean, that's almost like the antithesis to the package products. That's just straight fucking tax. Um, and then ingredient costs, you know, like it's the, like almost the polar, not not the polar opposite of that, but that's really cool to hear that maybe like, you know, for people over here are seeing like, or hearing the prices and like, oh, that's kind of wild, but you got to understand people are earning more money there. But to know that that's like a, you know, I guess that's part of it, right? Offering a good deal for people to come out. Cause like people do want to go out. People are still in the last I would say only the summer of 20, well, I guess it's different over there, isn't it? But summer over here of 2023, so, you know, June through August, September, whatever, of 2023 was the first full summer of, like, things being open with no restrictions. So that means probably the summer that you're dealing with now would be the first full summer. Is that accurate? Or would it have been the one beforehand in Australia? Like end of 2022 into... No, we, yeah, we had a full summer last year, but it was sort of like it was... We don't People were hesitant. Really- yeah, 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 definitely. Okay. okay, so then here yeah. I feel like, so maybe even it was open in 2022. I, I just, I don't know, it's all a blur, I guess, for all of us. But I feel like oh. people were saying 2023, like even for us, like because we'd been like laying low in Montreal, but we bought a house and we moved provinces and we did all this stuff. So we, 
laid pretty low, but in summer 2023, we tried to be out here. We tried to go every weekend, tried to go to a winery, a different brewery. We went, did a 10 day trip through New England, like tried to go across the border to Buffalo and Rochester and just see and just try and do as much as possible and see different stuff and go see people and go to different areas and, and you know, explore a bit and invest. If we're going to spend money, like I, we want, it's important to spend in that local economy. And I, I hope that people feel the same out there that like, if you're going to come and if you're going to go out and you're going to spend money on something, go invest in a local business, go and, you know, go, go, if you're in the, you know, the, the area, the, what'd you call it again, dude? What's the area called? I know it's Seaford, but what'd you call the general area? The, the peninsula. Uh, peninsula. peninsula. Yeah. Um, like if you're out there, like go to a local business and in, invest the money in a local restaurant, local brewery, like, you know, give them the money. Don't go to some other place. that's like some sort of chain or whatever. Like, the, yeah, the the small businesses are what holds the community together. So I wonder if people are slowly realizing that as well. Um, and what it, I, yeah. I guess I'm saying that to say that the ones that are going to make it through are the ones that are really fostering that community and that are the, like sort of those hubs of these local communities. And they sort of it's like if because you've got such a wide distribution footprint, but also a strong brew pub. It's like you've got the kind of what you were saying. They supplement each other. Those two businesses, they make up for where one is maybe lacking. That's like, that's beautiful because you're sort of holding it down for the locals, but then you're able to provide something fun and exotic to someone in Perth can go and get the beer I'm drinking right now or could have. Um, and that's sick. Like that's really cool. Yeah. That's fun. So that like you're providing the fun to other people around the country, getting that brand yeah. recognition. If someone in Brisbane's going, I'm going to Melbourne for the weekend. Fuck yeah, I'm going down to Seaford and going to check out Banks. Like, I love yeah, these exactly guys. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's which is why we've started um in the last twelve months also doing like a very small amount of uh, export as well. So just to you know to where to do that exact same thing for overseas. Uh, we do so we do a little bit to Thailand, Japan, Hong Kong. Got our first orders going to Taiwan on Monday, and we have done Singapore before as well. Amazing! Yeah. Yeah, There's a country yeah. you didn't mention there, Christopher. That uh, uh, yeah, what the fuck? That one's, not, that one's not on the books. Remember? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, I mean, it's possible. Yeah. Now you know. Uncle Derek yeah. came through, yeah. but I think it. I think it probably wasn't the easiest thing in the world, and it had to be a style that was. Uh, Shelf stable, travelable, yeah. and able to sort of sit in a uh, warehouse for twelve weeks. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I feel like that would be possible. It'd be a bit of a thing. You probably have to really give a shit. But if you're getting interest elsewhere in Asia, that's amazing, dude. That's really cool. Yeah, no, it's, and it's been good because every apart from obviously Taiwan, who we haven't done uh, yet, but you know they've all been repeat orders and you know consistent, and the, the feedback is that the beer's been you know getting over there in a decent condition and obviously you expect it's going to have, have a bit of, a bit of age on it when it gets over there. But yeah, it's been, it's been received well. So yeah, that's continuing fine, orders and yeah, it's good. So hopefully we'll be able to get over there in the next, to some of those countries in the next 12 months or so and, and see how it's going over there and meet some people and yeah. Hell yeah. That's the plan eh? to actually go and like make some, maybe some more stronger local connections in person. Yeah. Just, you know, for, I don't know, just to hopefully continue that. We don't, you know, we're not trying to send containers and containers over, but, you know, to be able to sort of keep that going for, you know, for the next couple of years, it'd be nice to be able to, you know, just make those relationships with, especially with the distributors stronger and, 
and the people that are buying the beer and the bars and stuff like that. Also, I'm sure it'll be a hell of a lot of fun. Oh, dude. Yeah, they're a vibe. I've never been to Asia, but I've only seen everything I've ever seen. Like people just seem into it, particularly because they probably don't get a ton of beer outside of their uh, like their general region. Yeah, so, like, exactly. They get right. stuff in. Like that must yeah. be super fun. Like super cool, yeah. man. It makes sense. It yeah. makes complete sense. Um, I love it, dude. What's uh, so? What's coming up? Uh, what's next for you guys? What are you guys focusing on for twenty twenty four? Seeing as we're doing this like January, you know, full year ahead. So, what's the what's the plans? What's the vibes? What can people expect? Um, hopefully, more quality. That's the new hype. Quality is the new hype. Yeah. <laughs> um, hopefully, you know, hopefully improvements across the whole range, um, which, you know, which is exciting because I think they're already, most of those beers are already drinking really well. Um, you know, keep experimenting within, within the, the beers we've got. We're, you know, we're really sort of, I'm personally trying to push um, some more development and experimentation within like our lager program. Um, really sort of, you know, I'd love, it's not a huge scene at the moment, but it's, you know, it's one that's on the, um, the lager, the craft lager space over here. So I, I'd like to really sort of focus on that and, and, and try and make that a bit of a thing that, you know, for a long time we've been, you know, a brewery that people sought after for our IPAs and our stouts, but, you know, I'd love to, to sort of push into that. And I think some of our lagers, like we've got a pretty reasonable name for lagers. So, you know, to sort of be able to go down that path and, and really sort of do some of the more traditional techniques and, and, you know, stuff like that within, within the lager space would be awesome. Um, yeah, keep pushing, keep pushing the boundaries with hops, obviously, uh, some more fun stouts. Um, we're not, I've been told to not spend any more money, um, on the brewery. Or anywhere else. Uh, not too many more upgrades. We got one one final upgrade happening at the brewery in two weeks, which is just uh, sort of hopefully finishes off what we've been doing for the last few months. And then, um, yeah, just keep on doing what we're doing. Pump out good product. Tell you know, instill in people that our plan is to be here for for good beer for a long time. Um, and yeah, just just keep having fun with it, and yeah, try and try and make everyone else have fun. Like we want anyone that works for us or drinks our beer or comes and hangs out to to enjoy themselves because that's what it's all about. It's you know, it's it's a fun product. It's a fun industry to work in. That's going well. It's it's still a fun industry to work in when it's not going so well. But you know, it's just a little tougher. But you know, hopefully, it's a temporary yeah. dip. Yeah, I think so. I think it'll bounce back. It's it's got to like everything it's, always it's has good beer. Yeah, it's good beer. Like I'm personally, you know, I'm not going back to to drinking. I don't mind the odd macro beer depending on what it is, but mm-hmm. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not going back to full time macro. So I figure there's got to be at least a hundred thousand me's out there. So <laughs> that's a, that's a fair bet. That's a fair bet right yeah. there, dude. Yeah. No man. That's awesome. No, it's it's exciting to to see, man. It's really cool to see like the the growth and the changes over the since we met. I guess I guess that's come up on like six years ago, and 
it's cool just to see that growth from afar and sometimes there and like, you know, sometimes I get treated and get some stuff and it's, it's cool, man. I love it. I'm really happy for you. It's fucking sick. Um, easily my favorite in Australia. It has been since I came down and it's just cool watching, watching the passion for what, the way you approach it and the way, you know, you're traveling for it and really thoughtful about, um, how you're presenting it. And, you know, even just getting nerdy about lagers, I think that's sick. It's like, feels like a great evolution. That that where it's going yeah. as you're getting into this elder statesman status of you know eight plus years and uh, you know I'm getting, I'm getting quite a lot of grays actually yeah oh, mate so you're, you're right. leaning into it <laughs> you got to just gotta let see he's gonna let that shit run bro there's nothing you can do you can use just for men but you look like a tool so <laughs> there's nothing you can yeah, do nah. you know it's yeah, the only way yeah no nah, it's beautiful brother um. Hell yeah, man. I appreciate your time. Let's just do a quick screenshot and then we'll finish up uh, off air here. I still use these for the for the blog. Uh, is there anything fun you could hold up? You don't have to hold up something. So it always just makes it anything. Even if it's a staple. There you go. Look at that. Ready? Gorgeous. Christopher, where can everyone find Banks Brewing online, sir? Um, predominantly... The best spot would be probably Instagram, so at Banks Beer. Um, uh, oh, it could be at Banks Brewing. I don't know. Mm. Terrible stuff. Um, or website, just bank, banksbrewing.com.au, Facebook, um, emails, whatever you want. But, yeah, most of our stuff is most found on uh, or best found on our Instagram for sure. Uh, Banks, at Banks Brewing. Brewing. There you go. Banks Brewing. There we go. Yeah. We're all on top but, of uh, Yeah, that's the best spot. But, yeah, we'll get back to you as early as we can if you uh, if you reach out with a message. So. Love it. Um, dude, thank you again for uh, for taking the time to hang out. Uh, sorry it was like four years between pods. Let's, uh, you know, hopefully not make it that long. But um, really cool to catch up and uh, to hear about what you guys are doing. Exciting times, even if it's a precarious time everywhere. Uh, history will tell us that there are always dips, ebbs, and flows. So it's a matter of time before this shit comes back up to where it needs to be. So um, That's it. appreciate you. Absolutely, keep on drinking and uh, make sure quality is the new hype, yo. I'm telling you, exactly, Chris. Exactly. Is telling you, um, stick Stop around. Right. Damn, you should actually. You could trademark that probably. <laughs> Did you know yeah. I trademarked "Get It In You" in Canada, so people can't say "Get yeah. It In You." Yeah, nice, and nice. I know. Yeah. So TM, and we trademarked our name. But anyway, just want to let people know. And fucking try it. Not in Australia though, because it probably be a lot. It's probably owned there. You know, you got to take the yeah, got to take uh, away. Yeah, maybe. I wouldn't be surprised, to be honest. I didn't even try. I was just like, it's okay. Uh, it's not easy to trademark things here. I mean, well, things. we've tried for a time. So. It's like, I guess it just takes for a while. It, take like, it took like three years to get BOS podcasts, and I'm still waiting, but when you're waiting, you get TM, and then when you got it, you get the R. Ah, right. So I have TM gotcha. for, the, for that, but BOS podcast, we got it. So that's registered trademark, so anyone touches that, then you autom essentially automatically win the case. If it's TM, you still have to prove it if you do a cease and desist and someone puts get it in you on something. But because we've been using it for so long, I would have incidental proof to be able to my yeah, lawyer told yeah. me. She said you'd be able to use yeah. it to if you wanted to fuck if someone was taking it. But um Yeah. That was the, that was some COVID just be like, I don't know. Let's trademark stuff. Why not? Yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's a good yeah, move. We tried. Um, yeah. 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 yeah What'd sure. you try? Yeah. You should. And, uh, we, we went through the process of trademarking banks and then 
oh, just sent my tour child. But I think I paid for the initial stuff and came back and forth and yeah, there was a lot of things. But yeah, I don't know. I just figured if we yeah, if we if we, if we really struggle with it, it's, there you go. There's another rebrand happening. So <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Change it again. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah, just pivot, yeah. pivoting, you know? Pivoting forever. Fuck it. Mm-hmm. Me, no big deal. Um, bro, stick around. Thank you again for your time. This was super fun. Appreciate you. Folks, thank you for watching and listening. If you enjoyed the episode, smash the thumbs up, hit subscribe below, hit that notification bell so you know when the new year drops. Follow us everywhere at BOS Podcast. Check out the long-form audio so you can hear legendary individuals, elder statesmen like Christopher talk about craft beer. Hit us with them five stars, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You know the vibes. We'll see you in the next episode, guys. Get in here.